Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome one and all to another episode of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Skeletoni. And I am the other one of your hosts. I go by the name of Taylor of Terror. And welcome back to uh, our Crypticon episode. Very special edition mm-hmm. of the Grave Flat Podcast. Yeah. It's not like an anti-drug thing. It's not like one of those, what a very special episode. No. Nothing, nobody's going to OD or have some uh, tragic, uh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we just came back from our two-day trip of Crypticon. Yep. Um, we only intended to go to one day, but... Um, then we found out our press passes were good for more than one day, so we were yeah. like, oh, well, then fuck it. And I was like, God damn it, why didn't we go on Friday? We didn't know. Yeah. Plus, I guess you had to work. I did. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, God, what did we do? We watched a movie. We talked to some celebrities. We did talk to some celebrities. We uh, went to a couple panels. We did go to some panels. Um, yeah, and uh, our first day, even though that easily could have been the more productive day, <laughs> uh, we didn't get a whole lot done. No, we were still kind of feeling things out. Yeah, and I think we were just a little taken aback by the the scope of things, I guess. I mean, not necessarily the size, because I think as far as conventions go, Crypticon's kind of on the smaller side. Yeah. Um, but as far as how many people were there and, um, this was our first time going to anything like this as press. Yeah, that too. Um, which was something that we very much underestimated. We ran into, um, Billy from, uh, Frankenfems and she kind of said, well, you could, she kind of basically told us that we're really underestimating our press passes, yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, that came as very good. Uh, or that came as something very good to know at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when we said, oh, God, you know what? We got to come better back tomorrow. It, better make it a two-dayer, yeah. Yeah. So uh, today is Sunday as opposed to the reg- our regular recording day is Saturday. Um, we just got back from Crypticon. So um, overall thoughts? I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um Got to see some cool movies. Got to meet some cool people. Yeah, um, like not just celebrities, but fans. Yeah, uh, lots, lots of really cool vendors. Cool like masks and props, and uh, you know, t-shirts, posters, or some artists. Yeah, um, and like there's a lot of um, like makeup vendors and uh, like costumer. Well, not so much costumers, but like like Champion Party Supply mm-hmm. is uh, Seattle-based party supply company but they also do like a lot of costumes and um and like halloween stuff i mean they go pretty much all out for halloween yeah um so yeah a lot of there was the rock opera the people that you talked to right yeah and we're gonna there's a lot of people we met a lot of people that um we don't have them on this show but in the future we're gonna be setting up or at least attempting to set up some interviews with them yeah we made some good contacts yeah for sure uh it was funny that having that press badge uh, had a lot of people approaching us yeah. rather than us having to approach them. I like the one guy that was like, let me on your show so I can prove my guidance counselor wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll probably get in touch with him and, and see what uh, we can set up with him. Yeah. So, um, God, let's see. Who are some of the people we met? I mean, we met 
Um, the Soska sisters. From uh, American Mary and Dead Hooker in a Trunk and uh, up, up, upcoming See No Evil 2. Yep, we met uh, Jessica Cameron, whose movie Truth or Dare we screened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tristan Risk, who was in American Mary. Uh, John Kassir, voice the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Um, we met Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. Couldn't couldn't get an interview with him, but we did we did get to meet him. And yeah. Talk some football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a U double um, so he's a big, uh, big Seahawks fan. Seahawks fan. Yeah, I mean, he a, a lot of the celebs. I mean, this is a three day convention, and this was day three. A lot of them, a little burned, seemed out. a little tired. Yeah, and, yeah. and I don't gripe them at all. I mean sure. that, but yeah, we we went up to uh, Jeffrey Combs and asked him if he'd be willing to talk to us for a little while. And he just said, you know, guys, I'm sorry, I'm just really out of it. And it's like, oh yeah, we totally understand, no problem yeah, at all. Can't fault him for that. Yeah, and I just, I felt bad asking for asking for a picture if we weren't going to either buy anything or at least interview him. True. So. Um, but we did score some pictures with um, Saskas and um, Tristan Risk and John Kassir. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else? Oh, Cleve Hall. We got a picture oh, with yeah. him. Um, who is, um, you would know him from uh, Monster Man on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, and, uh, and yeah, all these pictures are going to be up on our Facebook. Mm-hmm. So you can check them out there. Yeah, well, our, by the time you hear this, it, they should already be up there. So. Um, then uh, we uh, met up with Rob. Um, didn't get to talk to him as much as I had originally intended to. He was very busy. Yeah, he, he was a busy guy. I mean, uh, he he was nice enough to talk to us for a few minutes, uh, kind of towards the beginning of the of the makeup competition. Um, but we did catch up with uh, uh, the winner of the competition. Who uh, he's a cool guy. Yeah, um, he was a. Uh, I mean, the way we talked. Yeah, Eric um, uh, Alvarez. Yes. Yes. Um, he was, um, yeah, he was real friendly and, uh, you could tell he had a real, real passion for his, for his work and stuff. So anyway, um, yeah, that's all stuff we're going to get to. Yeah. Um, without further ado, let's go now to us. I don't, no one can see me, but I'm, yeah. I'm pointing like it's in a studio. Too bad we didn't pre-record. Thanks guys. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Taylor and Tony. <laughs> Hello, I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. And we are coming at you live from Crypticon Seattle 2014. Yeah, we are currently in the uh, vendor hall. There are lots of fantastic things to see, including uh, giant skulls and corpses. There's some celebrities. Yeah. Looking at its posters. Looking at like... I'm looking at John Casser right here. He's right, th- right there. It's almost so close I can touch him. Don't, don't touch him. Yeah, I don't think he'd like it. Or maybe he would. Maybe. <laughs> um, so we're going to be trying to get as much for you guys as we can. We're going to talk to Rob Bukta, the guy, um, the coordinator for the makeup competition here. Um, and maybe, I don't know, try to get a few words from other people. You might hear some recordings from the panels that we're going to. Yeah, we're... Uh... We're going to be screening Truth or Dare later with uh, Jessica Cameron's directorial debut. Uh, maybe get, try and get some words with her. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll set up a review to put that put a cap on this episode. Yeah, for sure. What's the Great Plot Podcast without at least one review, right? Yep. And we're also here with my dad, John. Say hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Classic. 
All right, so um, we're going to start walking around and see what we can find. So that's us at Crypticon. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor and Tony. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we're just going to kind of come in and out um, of, uh, yep, like sex. In and out, in and out. Just give it to you hard um, with uh, with the uh, the interviews that we have and um, the, a, lot, a lot of panels we set in on. Uh, I guess is there two or three of them? I think just two. Just two. The best of 2013 and the scary sexy time. Mm. Is that it? Oh, and the the truth or dare uh, Q and A. Oh, right. Okay, I wasn't going to so, a panel, but yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I think we'll probably just jump right into um, a panel we sat in on. It was uh, the best movies of 2013. It got a little heated. It did. Your favorites? Some of the things you love this this last year? All right. Um, this one is going to surprise the hell out of a lot of people out there. But um, one of my absolute favorites from last year, and it, it fucking sucks that it went direct to DVD because I think this could have been a hit. And it, it got the series back on track. And it was probably one of the very best in the series next to the original. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, I'm terrified that I do. Curse of Chucky. Fuck. <laughs> Come on. I liked it. That was back to basics. Welcome to the We Mildly Disagree with Each Other panel. <laughs> That was Back to Basics. It was a old dark house, stormy night, girl in a wheelchair. It was like classic horror all the ways. And they they did like a real retro old school thing with it. So I really commend them I for like that. I like that approach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. And definitely. they got it back on track after the, the shitty... See to Chucky. I, I don't fucking yeah. hate it. Talk, talk about a, a drug induced movie. That, that was yeah. yeah. The worst and, and I'm saying that as someone who loves Brian of Chucky. Seed was just exactly. another step too far. Exactly. Oh, it was just far. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 it was just another one where, where, I, where I didn't really care about any of the characters enough to care about what was happening. Oh. And, and I feel like it, it, it provided just a weird amount of additional backstory for Chucky that we didn't really need. You know, we, 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 he's a killer doll. Just have him kill people, and I'm, I'll be happy. That, that's he still shot that one of the decks in Voyager. What? <laughs> Nobody, did you get it? Some, no. Oh, Anyone? Man. <laughs> Brad Dourif is trapped in a deck in Voyager. He's a psycho killer in Voyager. Oh, and they trap him in a okay. room, and then they forget about him for the rest of the seven years. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, lock him in his room. Like, you kill oh. a bunch of people, you're going into a room, and they lock him there. And he's like, I'm not going to go. And then they lock him there. There's well, one thing that I can say that I appreciate about the, the Chucky series, and I found this out only recently, it has had the same writer for every yes. game yeah. That's legit. one. Yeah. And Rizzo has never, yeah. never, never been, oh, I'm going to take this, I'm going to make it something amazing to show everyone how cool I am. This guy's right. like, I just want to make another Chucky movie because I like it. <laughs> and he's totally weird. He's like an advertisement guy. He's not a horror guy. He's just like, huh. He's like this gay guy who just like, made this movie you know what I love and then just went on <laughs> if it's shit it's like legitimate shit though cause oh, you liked one of them and like the same guy wrote yeah. the other one you kinda are wrong if you don't like it <laughs> it's all coming from the same pot like or the same pot before. I don't know I, I'm not gonna guarantee that everything I write is equally good I, oh, I just throw them out it's there it's been good so far okay alright <laughs> I just think that uh, people should give it a chance though 
It's not as bad as you would think, honestly. Especially for direct to DVD, fucking uh, what is it, the fifth, sixth, seventh in the series, whatever it is. I, 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 yeah. didn't, I didn't love it, but I still think it's still got it. Plus, yeah, and, and I love the um, the surprise ending. You talk about um, Evil Dead with Bruce Campbell. This does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna rattle off sure. like everything because with this guy, I don't know how much copy time. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, are you complaining about my moderation? No, this fell. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, one of the ones that I know Tony and I went to see, uh, my absolute favorite horror film of last year, Kiss in the Dam. Uh, vampire film is oh, yeah. kind of on par with the hunger and uh, like really uh, subtle and, and not played for uh, a lot of gore like over the top like terrifying horror there's a lot of drama in it it's also got a lot of very 70s ambience too. Yeah. I mean, if you guys if any of you guys are fans of like European horror movies or you know going further back to like uh, Daughter of Darkness and if this is isn't there a lot of sex in it as well? There's, There's like, some. It's actually it's actually yeah. not too sensationalistic in, no. in terms of sex. But I, I really like. I mean, it, it definitely. If you've seen Daughters of Darkness, which is a 1971 Euro mm-hmm. um, horror film, uh, the very you know fairly discreetly played out lesbian you know vampirous relationship, uh, it's it's very much similar in spirit. In fact, it, you know there there are scenes in it where it's directly this direct marketing back. Oh sure. And I I, li- I love the flavor of it. I love the atmosphere of it. I love the fact that it wasn't constant sensation. Yeah. Um, and it kind of there is breathing space uh, and a sufficient you know kind of sense of coiled menace to it. I just really I took well, yeah, I remember it's like, both really being so Finally, like you know the, the vampire genre had been kind of abused on Twilight and. Uh, so it was kind of it came out at a like, really unpopular time and uh, managed to be like oh okay well yeah that's what vampires are supposed to be like all right cool my, my, my law of crypticon panels is still holding thanks to you but any panel no matter what topic somebody's going to talk shit about twilight can we stop calling them vampires though aren't they like glitter glampires no, no, or something i am so a PETA fan i am domus <laughs> Three of you got that. <laughs> any any other uh, picks that you have for the year? Byzantium. I want to see that. Along the same lines, yeah. it's it's sort of like um, um, interview with a vampire, but with a hundred percent less Tom Cruise. That was good. And to round it out, uh, Frankenstein's Army and uh, yeah, yeah. We Are What We Are. Oh, okay. I haven't seen the original We Are What We Are, the, the Mexican piece, but if it's, if it's better than the remake, which you know we can generally assume, then holy shit, I have to own both of them. Yeah. Because, um, this is totally not a 2013 movie, but if you haven't seen All the Lovers Left Alive, yes. Yeah. That was, that was one, I it snuck by me and used to sit if I didn't know that it was yeah. playing, and I was in... Um, Chris Alexander was one that recommended that to me. And generally, if he tells me to go see something, then like, I kind of have to. It's going to play yeah. downtown in Nashville. Yeah. Oh, is it? And it's supposed to play at Regan Green. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, I guess it's my turn. Um, the one I was talking about earlier when I was saying that, that it's one I love, but I don't, 
<laughs> and it also it also has a, a wonderful choice supporting turn by Barbara Crampton, the yeah. character actress, yes. who's mm-hmm. you know reanimator yeah. from Beyond. She's terrific in the movie, and she kind of disappears into the role. I was like, yeah. oh my god, that's Barbara. Yeah, she's terrific, and it's yeah, it's it, I can't say it, it, it also has basically my, my new final girl character. Oh, yes. she is so awesome. Yeah. So, what's her name? Charlie Vincent. Yeah, um, she's an Australian actress, I think, and she is terrific. If you want to see a good, multi-dimensional, funny, badass, but not cartoonishly so, final girl, she's the one. She's terrific. But it also has, like, uh, Larry Fessenden, who's always, anytime you see him appear on camera, you're like, yeah, ten minutes later, this guy's dying. He's <laughs> <laughs> dying. He's dying. He's dying. He's dying. He's dying. He's dying. He's dying. So, oh well, um, I I have a. This is funny. The, the the horror movie that scared me the most last year is is um, one that I think has you know it's not as universally popular or, or beloved as a lot of the stuff that I think we're probably going to be talking about. But I really was captivated by VHS two. I don't know how many of you saw that. I, I was captivated by sections of it. I, 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 I think part of it is in my nature. I love surprises, and I love the grab bag nature of these anthologies. Yes. So if, if a bit of it doesn't work for me, if there's a part of it that, that does work for me, it like it like really... But I actually really thought it was very... First of all, it was the only movie that I've seen probably in the last two or three years that legitimately made my ass jump out of my seat when I was watching it. Uh, the, uh, you know, part of it is just as superficial as the, 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 you know, somebody jumping around the corner and going, boo. But uh, one segment in particular, which is a segment that's set in a religious cult, oh, um, is masterful. It starts out like creepily, quasily unsettling like a real-life religious cult would be. And then it just escalates and snowballs and snowballs and snowballs until it's batshit crazy and there are monsters coming out and people are exploding, there's people getting shot, there's zombies running around, and it's just yeah, fucking hell of a loser. It was so masterfully done. Did you just call that? thing about that is so great that I felt when I was watching that? Is that there's a language barrier in this in this yes. short film. And it's and really there, but there's no when you're watching it, you know what's going on. You're like, this is just frightening. Yeah. And the great thing is you don't and one of the things I love horror movies that throw you into a completely <clears throat> disorienting alien atmosphere. You know, you're you as a viewer, as your yourself are plopped into some sort of outrageous, batshit, crazy scenario. And there's also that very universal kind of xenophobia and fear of being surrounded by people who are speaking a foreign language and believing a very foreign belief and are fair and are you know way more fanatical than the average human being and i've really tapped into that um i you know i and the whole thing i mean i really i really enjoy it i mean just on a sheer you know gut level i, I mean it, it scared me Speaking of being alien atmosphere, I also really like the segment that was that had actual aliens. Yes, yes. Because it, it felt very much like, oh, here's a Steven Spielberg movie from the eighties, and now things go horribly fucking wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's I, I also really appreciate. I mean, found footage horror movies been done to death. I think everyone in here is going to uniformly gag thinking about found I can't horror movies. Like, I want really think this one press stop. Found footage. Yeah, uh, but this one, this one redeems that. Um, another one that I really love, which Michael has already mentioned, is Stoker. I just think it's a brilliant psychological study. Uh, it's got a breathtaking central performance. Um, 
you know, Nicole Kidman actually kind of disappears into her role. Um, it's another Which movie. never happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's another movie that, that, that kind of really weaves wonders with uh, something as universal as family dysfunction and adolescent discontent. Um, and then it puts that wonderful little twist, you know, into it. And it's just, I was really, and I was also struck at how breathtakingly beautiful it was shot. It's just a yeah. gorgeously shot. Yeah. Movie. Stoker is up there. And it fits as a breathtakingly shot movie. Yes. It's not, it's not watching Friday uh, uh, the 13th remake where you're like, <laughs> so everyone's had a coming fish model? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, one other thing I would say about VHS 2 before we move on is that I, I appreciated that, that, you know, since the first one, they managed to dial the misogyny back to about seven. Yes. Most <laughs> of, of the 11 of the Absolutely. Yeah, now, and I mean, you know, I, I think there was maybe a faint aesthetic point to them doing that in the first one, which is to make, you know, establish what, you know, creepy, you know, misogynistic pricks these guys are. And but are these guys doing the filmmakers? Or, <laughs> well, yeah. the, 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 the that was a actively. <laughs> The actively misogynistic people in the movie, right. as opposed to behind yeah. the camera. Um, another one that I really liked, uh, which is, which I'm, um, we've been so bad. Did you really like it that much that you completely forgot about it? <laughs> no, I mean we were. We're it's like how much you love your production company, God. <laughs> no, no, no. What actually? Another movie that I wanted that I wanted to give a shout out to. This one I did remember. Uh, uh, is actually a locally sh a locally made movie called The Invoking that I think is oh yeah yeah and actually uh, got to shout her out but Trin Miller is the lead the movie is here um, she's terrific um, the movie is terrific it is a very subtle psychological study of a a, a, woman, a young woman who inherits uh, some property from some relatives and uh, there are all there's all manner of uh, literal and metaphoric skeletons in the closet and, and ghosts uh, in in the grounds, and uh, the great thing about it is it's totally psychologically ambiguous. You don't know yeah. if what's transpiring is happening in the character's head, or if, it, or if there's an actual supernatural force. Um, there's literally no action, quote-unquote, to like the final 20, 25 minutes of the yeah. movie, I would say. But when that happens, it is yeah. massively... Like, and the thing that it does that's really good, and I think a lot of horror movie makers, uh, especially screenwriters, can learn from, is you actually get to know the characters. Yes. And they're interesting enough to where you don't mind that you've spent 45 or 50 minutes with them yeah. before the real shit starts to come and, down. And I was also really impressed with the way that um, you get to know the characters, but without them saying really obvious lines. Like, yes, like, exactly. like, like you know right away that this, this one guy has a crush on, on, on his friend, and, and we don't have to have and something like, like going, oh, hey, well, you well, have a crush yeah, on yeah, we, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the filmmakers trusted that we actually have the intelligence to know how human interaction works. Yeah, um, so, and it's out on DVD, yeah. um, and, it's, and it's got a nice deluxe edition with actually a couple of covers. The UK cover is a lot less generic. Yeah. So. Um, I, but yeah, so that was one that I wanted to that I wanted to give a shout out to. Especially support your local yeah. filmmakers. And, and, and one last thing I want to say is that it had an ending that just let me say anything like, oh that is so not okay. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. So those those are kind of my I was going to open with the invoking. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Good. No, I should have talked about your movie, which is actually... You can, I will give you my moment. <laughs> uh, brief, you know, I mean, we've already talked about it before. Um, David Cronenberg meets Ambrose Bierce meets uh, Indy rom-com. Um, uh, you know, uh, basically a two-character play in which one of the characters is a pile of mold in a bathroom. 
Um, voiced by Jeffrey Combs. The, yeah. Voiced by Jeffrey Combs brilliantly. <laughs> and, and the Yeah. <laughs> I was actually joking. Thank you for taking that. Well, said, I, thank you. It's <laughs> really about <laughs> that. You know, it's not all that's, you know, that, 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 yeah. That's a running joke throughout the film, by the way, is that the character will just address it as mold and always be correct as the mold. <laughs> the mold. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the book was great. I wanted to just call out that, that last shot. Whatever the effect with the camera, and then it's coming back, and you're just like, oh shit, no. And then it's credits. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. You should see it. Watch it all the way through to the end because of that last 20 minutes. It's really solid. Um, so I will move on to the battery, which you mentioned. Yes. I have no, I got one you guys have probably have never even seen. It's going to be awesome. The battery's amazing. It's a zombie film with no zombies in it. Um, it's a character study. It's really cool. There are some zombies. There's actually a point in the battery. Uh, it's made by a guy named Jeremy Gardner. It stars him as well, and Adam Kronheim. Both of them are actually. Friends, and I, I, Jeremy's one of those friends that you have that's like, I guess I, I would be that friend to some other people, like, just shut up, stop talking. <laughs> and it's, oh, you made a movie, and it's, you know, everybody says it's great, I'm sure it's great, and you just sit and see it, and you're just like, fuck, man, this is amazing, this is one of my favorite films, like, of all time. There's a scene, it's gonna sound really crass and base, but when you see it, you'll see how it totally works, where a guy is waiting for the other guy, he doesn't want to go kill zombies, he's nervous and scared and whatever, uh, and the other guy's gonna go, he has a hammer and a gun, he's gonna kill some zombies. And, and one of the zombies from the field comes to the car, and it's a girl, like a late teens girl, and, and she's just, you know, it, it, it's not it's not running zombies, they're like Romero-style zombies, she's just rubbing up against the car. And she's got no bra, and she's got a nice little tank top that's kind of soaked through with blood. She's kind of rubbing up the car, against the car. And they, they've been, he's only been out of the zombies that took over the world like eight months ago. She's just kind of rubbing up against the car. Do you know the glass of the car? And so, he takes a moment for himself, <laughs> and, and it sounds it sounds hilarious, it is but it's friend. so desperate yeah. in the moment oh, yeah. that it's it's super effective, and you're just like, oh god, this guy's the saddest human, and this is the worst <laughs> thing, and and then just as you the, the head explodes, and the guy's like, oh, I'm um, I'm gonna let you finish, and he walks away, from the, the, the head of the zombie like sliding down the car. It's just a it's a it's full of the that's a, that's actually a tiny moment. It's full of these but, 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 the, the take our bones. Oh man, the, the, when he danced around the gun, it's the best. It's my, such a good movie. My favorite tiny moment in it was when they're, you know, investigating this empty house and they find toothbrushes. Yeah, toothpaste. Yeah. And it's the best uh, moment ever. They can brush their teeth. They haven't done it forever. Yeah, it's really it, it's just, yeah. It, so, it's it's not about the zombies. It, it's about the, the, the lopsided relationship between these two men and the way it does or doesn't resolve. It's, and the coolest part is the last 15 minutes is obviously brilliant. Um, it takes place in the back of a. You'll see it. Uh, yeah. But the coolest thing is that you find out, just like with the invoking, at the very end, you find out that. Don't ruin this movie for no, me. No, no, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> you. You find out that, like, this is way bigger than they've been. Yeah. This is something that's way. And the whole. The movie, the, the credits roll, you're just like, where's the next one? Where's the sequel? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's great now. You, absolutely. It's, a, it's an hour and 20 minute, really well done lead up to something that's going to blow your mind. And if I remember right, they pulled this off for $7,000. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So good. So good. Anyway, so they I spent that much on strippers in the night. They, oh, what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What did I say? No, I mean, where are you getting the <laughs> uh, There's a movie called Animosity. It's a really oh, good movie. Yeah. Not heard of this. Oh, you're, you're making yeah. shit up now, right? Yeah. Just, just, oh, well, I was thinking, I was traveling around seeing all these films and festivals, so. Okay. It's a really good film. It's coming out on DVD. It may already be out on DVD. I actually got a copy already. So it's okay. But it's a really cool movie because the whole movie you think it's this girl going crazy and killing all these people, and you find out there's this really intense, like super sci-fi thing that's been happening. Nice. The whole movie, and, and it totally all works. It's one of those things where they don't have to like flashback. 
go back and show things. It's just said, and you're like, oh, it all clicks. And then the whole movie inverts, and it turns inside out, and you realize that you've been rooting for the wrong people. And so, and I'm not ruining anything. You, you won't know who I'm talking about. But by the end, it's just mind-blowing when you get to the end of it. It's got amazing performances. It was also done for like seven to $10,000. It it's a one-house movie. It's really good. Go look it up. Animosity. It's got an actress in it, an up-and-coming uh, screen. I know she's going to be famous for her screen stuff. Uh, Tracy Willett. Uh, just one of the best performances I've seen from uh, from like somebody who's never been in a feature film before in my whole life. It was stunning. And it's the whole time she's walking. There's a scene where she's walking down the hallway. All, she's the final girl, but you find out that there's an inversion. It's really bad. But um, she's walking. She's got a gun in her like panty, just hanging out. <laughs> Just here, and she's got a, a, a knife, and she's covered with blood. She's kind of limping down the hallway, Sold. and the whole time you're just like, "This is the best thing I've ever seen." I kind of want to meet that girl. She'll cut my head off, but I'll meet her. Um, totally worthy. So, animosity, the battery, and of course, the invoking. Those are my three for 2013, not including John Thacker's motivational. Let's move on to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about horror movies, dude. Isn't this your life right now? What's the coolest thing? Yes. Resolution. Yes. yes. I will never turn down a movie where one of the lines is, is there crack in it, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And this is the only time that he, like, is it about a guy who has a serious drug addiction who just decides that he's going to live in this squat, in this fucking terrible one-room like blood matchish, like it's just, I mean it's grimy, grimy. And he's just like, no, I'm happy with my fucking life. And his buddy's like, no, I'm gonna save the day. And then shit just goes. <laughs> like it just goes and goes and goes and you're like, when did this change into this? I highly recommend it. Netflix, like I sift through a lot of Netflix shit so that way you guys don't have to. Like resolution. Cool. He reaches almost David Lynch level. Oh yeah. And yeah, that ha- that also is one that has an ending that has just stayed with me ever since I've been watching. I'm sorry. Can I stay one second? I, I forgot to pitch something really cool. Literal thing. Does anybody call Saturday Morning Massacre? Which I think has changed the title. Look up Saturday Morning Massacre. Just look it up really quick. It's basically this creepy do only they all kill each other. It's really good. Yeah. I'm sorry. So it's like Hasu. Yes, it's a costume. Okay. Only, only, they literally have a dog and the drug guy and the oh, yes. smart girl okay. and the cute girl and the cute guy. I got you. I'm done. I only liked one movie last year. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, my okay. favorites, two favorites, were American Mary and Mania. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mania. Yeah. Solid. That was a very interesting take on the story. I didn't even call yeah. that a horror movie in my mind. That was like a, like a, like a psychological drama. It really, well, I, some killings. I'm not really like afraid Just of horror movies, movies. Mm-hmm. so those kind of movies get Seeing Elijah Wood in that role was like mind blowing. I love the maniac remake. Yeah. Yeah, Just the way that they did it from the first person angle. Yeah. You would only see it like in reflections. You would see him in reflections. Yeah, it was great. And the reflections tie into the story so well. Like, there's moments where like he'll say something or be doing something, and the reflection matches everything that's going on. Like, he's looking at himself. Yeah, like, you feel, you feel pretty crazy. Yeah, like, you like there's so much great stuff. Like there's, they'll say phrases in it, and then how the camera and lighting and everything is a perfect. Like you can tell that so much time and effort went into that perfect shot because it, that shot told it's the a story. Really movie. Yeah. I love the little throwbacks to the original too. 
like the reflection of the uh, poster where he was standing there in the, the reflection with the head in his hands. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Yeah. As somebody who suffers from chronic migraines, like blind migraines, I've never thought of killing anyone. But <laughs> it might help. Yeah, I'm yeah. Okay. Yeah. It helps. I'm all I can think of the end of that movie was he made me watch. <laughs> uh, American Mary was one that I wanted to like more than I did. It was so well shot and so well directed, and the acting was good, but it just felt like they were making it up as they went along. Don't Thank watch it as a man. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I don't really have many options. I thought it sounded like the No non-surgical options is what I can think of, at any rate, which might be perfect for the movie. I don't know, I watched... I'm kind of biased, because I have a huge girl crush on Catherine and Isabel, like, since Right? Holy crap. <laughs> I, I, can, can, I, can I say we've seen her at Hannibal this season? I have not started season two yet. Just well, well, she, she's fantastic, but she really is. Has anybody seen Found? Did you guys see Found last night? I have. Have you seen Julie Found? Anybody in the audience see Found? Anyone? It's a movie about a kid who has to do with his, his, his older brother, uh, may or may not be a serial killer. Oh, that one, the trailer looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a good film. It was, it, you should watch it. I'm, I'm I'm divided on it, but apparently I'm divided on movies that other people think is amazing. So you check it out. Um, you do get to see at the end there's a big reveal and it includes a dick, which is pretty solid, I guess. We fixed the dick jokes part of the panel. I look forward to it, right? Oh, um, what, what I got to ask. Oh, I um, has anybody out there seen Bad Milo? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I am loving that. An ass demon. That's all I gotta say. The movie about an ass demon. I have to, yeah, imagine, I have to argue with that, but it's totally biased because Magnet was like, "Listen, we already have one talking thing movie. We can't take your movie." They said that. So they, they, they choose so the butt demon over bull. Well, it was the fungus or the butt demon, and come on, butt demon. And they were with the butt demon. I probably would have loved the butt demon movie. <laughs> Um, another one that I want to give a shout out to, especially because it's actually a making of documentary that's uh, screening I think, tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, is Cheap Thrills. I don't know if any of you have seen that. It played at the yeah. film festival last year. It was eight two thirty seven. I was going to punch you in the no. face. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Cheap Thrills is less a horror movie than it is kind of like a really jet black comedy slash film noir. And it's basically about a couple of uh, longtime high school buddies who bumped into each other for the first time in several years at a bar, um, and they happen to get sort of gently bum rushed by this. Really wealthy guy and his very hot girl girlfriend slash wife slash we're not sure and he just starts paying for things and, and you know putting it up stairs you know go slap that stripper's ass and get fifty bucks you know so they do it you know he gets slapped he gets fifty bucks and then it escalates from there until this rich guy and his wife pack these two guys up and drive over to his house and then it starts to escalate from there way 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 up in terms of the dollars and in terms of the tasks that are. But it's a really great character study and it's funny as hell and it's and it's uh, really super involving and I think it's it's a really good um, visceral kind of gut level uh, thriller that uh, that doesn't overstay its welcome. It's lean, it's mean, uh, and yet it's got a core of it's got a, like a core character. At the center of it, who is uh, genuinely engaging and genuinely invested in what's happened. It's the kind of movie where you're invested in the person who's chopping someone's finger off and the person who's getting their finger chopped off. Right. It's, it really does. It's a very. It's a small movie, but it's just. Somebody literally did make a movie of Would You Rather. It's called that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs, Combs is yeah. it's, the biggest waste, it's the biggest waste of Jeffrey Combs I've ever seen. Yes. Oh. Is that the one that Sasha's saying? Oh. You may take it. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. I'm sure it's not that good. I almost watched it. That must have been harder to do. I respect that. The contract, the, the way I describe it to people, it, it is there's nothing original in it no. at all, but it's handled but, so competently yeah. and delivered so well. It, it, it's like seeing a really good college band. Oh. You know, they're doing, they're doing all these fantastic covers that you're like, yeah, but you know, at the end of it, it's still just a college band. That, 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 that's what I, I think. I see that. It's just, I had a background. Something that kind of gave me faith in both, reignited faith, I should say, uh, in both the zombie genre and uh, independent films was uh, Contracted. I don't know if oh, anybody's yeah. familiar with yeah. that. Yeah. Eric England's Contracted. Yeah. Right. yeah. I saw the trailer yeah. that and I thought it looked too disturbing to watch. That, that one actually just, just squeaked me just from the trailer. So I'm glad you're good. <laughs> did, you, did you watch his other movies? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched uh, Madison County. Madison um, County is shit. It's, it's I didn't like the car one as much, but um, I haven't seen that one yet. With Ace Ferrera, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Guys in pig masks and machetes and said it's good. <laughs> <laughs> not Bridges and Machetes. No, yeah, contract. Good call out. I completely forgot about that. I'm yeah, sorry. that's a good. That's a good film. Yeah, yeah and he's uh, I mean, we we were in a podcast and we had him on a show on our show. Few months One of the coolest guys ever. He's he's really really nice and really down to earth yeah. and um and he has a real passion too so that's that's nice. Yeah. To... Yeah. 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 Y
It's so good. It's like a gothic horror movie, but it's saying this weird, like, remember everything you wanted? What was Shyamalan's movie? The, the Village? Everything you kind of wanted The Village to be, but it was total dicks. Uh, it's, it's like that without fake werewolves. It's really good. And there's a pit that eats people that is really awesome. You should see it. Yeah, it's such a good movie. Yeah. That's actually, I can I can say, I'm going to write your uh, contrails on that, because I was at a festival with it, and the guy is so cool. Jimmy Crawford Kinkle is like the coolest guy. And I was like, I want to see your movie. You're too fucking cool. Yeah. Everybody loves you. Oh, Jeff, Robert Kimball, you're so nice. And then, so I sat, and I sit down, I sit down and watch the movie, and I'm like, it's fucking joke for you. What are you doing, joke for you? I look over, Jack Robert Kimball's right here. I'm like, shit. So the movie's, and just like, you just watch it. The main actress, um, Laura, I don't know her name. I should. Uh, she's amazing. It's really good. There's all kinds of. There's incest, but for the first time in a horror movie ever, the incest is actually like everybody in the town is like, or the little village is like, that's wrong. Like, it's, it's a bunch of hicks out in the woods living this like sort of fake made up life, worshiping a pit. But and it starts with incest, and they're like, ah, they one of those. But the minute anybody finds out, the minute Sean Young, Blade Runner and Dunes, Sean Young is in that. Um, finds out about the incest, it's a bad situation. It's like the yeah. worst thing you can do. It was a really neat like turn. Everything was a nice turn on like the isolation and all. It was all really quality and totally worthy. So that's that's my answer. Yeah, I think the one for me um, that I was expecting nothing from and was really blown away by is the one that you mentioned and you could be some consent here, uh, which is all the boys love Nancy Lane. I loved it. Which I really enjoyed. And I think part of it is from the from my mindset, it felt like a, a total subversion of kind of a traditional nineties teen flip yeah. with a tour de force opening scene. Yeah, so I, I was about to say party. Yeah, that's it's that's the best part in it, which is kind of unfortunate. Well, but, but I still I liked the rest of it. I yeah. part of it is because but I there's think, nothing I liked as much as I liked that. That's true. Although I did like um, I tend to see Italian horror and giallo and everything, and I but I but I really saw it in this movie. It felt to me like the director was trying to um, to wed a um, you know '90s disaffected teen movie with uh, you know with enough kind of psychosexual weirdness, you know, and uh, you know primary colors, and, you know, uh, unusual kills, and, and a, a, a little bit of a twist that for the most part kind of had me going for a while. Yeah, I was, I was, it was, it was not like an amazing world-shaking masterpiece, but I was really pleasantly surprised by it. And I think it's, it's worth probably checking probably out. I would, put, I would put it in my, I would watch it again. Like yeah. I watched it, and I would watch it again. Yeah. Like I watched, I, I watched I Dead know. Girl, and I would never have watched it. Orange. I don't know what kind of cinematic Stockholm syndrome you guys all. Are <laughs> 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 
I don't. We didn't see the same movie. Can, can I get a fist pound across the table? Thank you very much. I, I had low expectations for it, and they were met. What, you know, what, <laughs> I had no expectations. I yeah. actually kind of didn't see it. Maybe that was it. We had no expectations. Like it's a movie. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't worth waiting six years for. You know, you've been desperately waiting for it to come out. But but I, I thought it was a good solid little movie. The guys, a return shirt. So you said you had a question. What movies are you guys like most excited for that are about to come out? I know which one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the uh, Green Inferno, I think. Yeah. Yes. yes. Because I've been waiting for a Cannibal Holocaust type movie <laughs> to come out for years. Well, I, you know, there's always something I'm, I have to go. Eric Roberts list. Oh, well, I have to go talk to Eric Roberts. <laughs> no, it's Eric Roberts. I really don't want to fuck with him. <laughs> He's the best. The best. Yeah, but yeah, I love Eli Ross. Um, you know, even you know, even when his movies kind of are shitty on the balance, there's always something interesting in them, and he's inarguably a very talented director. Um, I'm hoping that it will uh, live up to some of the promises in September. So. I've also got a mail. I've got a. There's a panel about another movie, which is yeah, my, it's, it's a movie that I want to see. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you everyone very much for coming out. We it's it, this is yeah. really yeah. epic and uh, you know we'll do it again okay. soon. Sorry, Sorry, man. Man. Have a good no, one. Guys. It, it is four fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to know what does uh, everybody else think is one that you're looking forward to. I'm looking forward for thirty one. Rob Zombie is doing thirty one, and a rumor on the street has it that thirty one stands for John Gacy's thirty one victims. But there's 33 victims. Thank you, everyone, for coming. We're um, probably uh, going to be on the panel here. Soon, but just like the third talk amongst yourselves. I don't know where you're going to go. We'll play this way. I'm also really. So that was cool. Yeah, like I said, it uh, got got pretty heated. People mm-hmm. had some strong opinions. Mm hmm. Um, including with some jackass in the audience who was talking about contracted. Like, yeah, fuck him. Who's that guy? <laughs> um, no, all kidding aside, it, it it surprised me a little bit that I didn't hear that from anyone on the panel. And even when you suggested it, uh, there was a few of them that were like, you know, a couple people hadn't even heard of it. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple have been like, oh, I've been meaning to watch that. Yeah. And they, they said that about a few other films, too. Yeah. It's like, oh, I haven't gotten around to watching that yet. It's like, why the fuck are you on this panel? <laughs> anyway. Um, so. Uh, what would we got next? Uh, next, I think, should we talk to some celebrities? Yeah, why not? Let's, um, uh, let's hear from John Kassir. All right. Hey, guys, it's Skeletoni and Taylor of Terror. And we are here with John Kassir. The voice of the Crypt Keeper. How you doing, John? That's right, Creeps. <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you doing? Excellent. Glad to be here. How about you? Good, man. Good, good. You come out to uh, Crypticon often? Uh, this is actually our first time. Ah. Um, we're uh, kind of new to the biz a little bit, so kind of exploring the environment here. Um, have you been to Crypticon before? This is my first time, and it was a sheer joy. Had a good time. Awesome. Great fans. Treated really well by the staff and the promoters here, and uh, and there was a lot of really good guests, great memorabilia, great uh, you know shows and movies, and uh, I had a great time. Excellent. Um, so we were just wondering. Obviously, your your kind of horror legacy is Voice of the Crypt Keeper. We're just wondering how that kind of came about. Like, how do you how you fell into that? Well, 
Um, as a lot of people know, uh, you know, I've been an actor, uh, you know, since I was a kid, and uh, you know, studied in a theater and that kind of thing. And I used to do a lot of voices in my stand-up. I had won Star Search as a stand-up comedian and was on another series for HBO called First and Ten, mm-hmm. and uh, I played a Bulgarian field goal kicker, you know, <laughs> who could kick 60-yard field goals. So I was like, um, you know, so they knew that I did a lot of characters and that kind of thing, so they asked me to come down and audition uh, at Kevin Yeager's studio, where he was creating the puppet, um, to do, a, you know, audition the voice, and uh, I had read the comic book as a kid, so I knew how it all, you know, what the tone of it should be, and, sure. you know, it was just a matter of coming up with the right voice, and when I saw the puppet... You know, what I came up with seemed to fit, and that was it. So, so it just you saw the puppet, and the voice just kind of came to you. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, um, you jump in there. So, like, you've done some live action acting too. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer doing live acting or voice acting? Well, voice acting is fun. I mean, there's a benefit to voice acting in that I'm not typed out by my age or race, or you know, I can play things that I wouldn't normally get to play on camera, villains and superheroes and stuff like that which is a lot of fun but of course it doesn't really tap into all my you, you know uh, skills and talents in order to that I need in order to do on camera or you know even theater um, I started in the theater I always loved the theater never really paid very much so you know there's so that's the downside to that but certainly working in front of a live audience is is for most actors, a preferable experience. Some people are definitely afraid of it and don't do it. You know, you know they would prefer film. Film, of course, is uh, you know um, a hard process because there's so many technical aspects on to it. Uh, on top of you just uh, doing your job and being involved in it and rehearsing, you don't get as much rehearsal. You don't get as much time to prepare, especially in television. They just bang it out, so it's. You know, that's, uh, I love television. Television's the steadiest kind of work, so you like that for that. So there's something in each one of those that's that's great. Obviously, I would, if they if they pay me, you know, what I could get paid in, in, in movies and television on the stage, I'd probably, that's what I would do all the time. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so where would you say your, your kind of passion and love for horror came from? Um, you know, I love the Universal Horror movies as a kid. You know, to this day, Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein is still my favorite comedy. So, you know, I mean, I, I loved all those. You know, I used to had a six-foot cutout of, you know, Frankenstein in the corner of my bedroom and, and that kind of thing. So I had the Tales from the Crypt comic books as a kid. It was, uh, you know, I loved horror for that reason. Uh, never was a big, uh, you know, slasher kind of uh, movie buff, but I enjoy those for what they are. Um, I, you know, really like the uh, religious kind of, uh, you know, um, like The Exorcist and, and The Omen and those kind of movies that, you know, have that, that kind of, you know, screwed up psychological thing going on. It's yeah. always really great. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I like, but I love movies in general. Uh, um, you know, horror, I think the more classic, the better for me, you know, I'm, I'm more along that line. So, what would you say would be your favorite horror movie? My favorite horror movie is probably, uh, oh gosh, it's a hard one. Well, I mean, certainly the scariest one that I I ever remember experiencing firsthand was The Exorcist. Um, 
maybe my favorite horror movie uh, was um, it had to be one of the universal horror movies it could have been Frankenstein or, or maybe if you want to consider having Costello meets Frankenstein as a horror movie it's probably that yeah why not yeah you know <laughs> I mean I did like all the uh, I did all, like all the sci-fi horror like you know Mothra and stuff like that when that came out as well um, I guess you could put those into the same category uh, you know the original the original Godzilla and all those were, were I, I just saw that recently without the Raymond Burr scenes in it which was really kind of cool, cool. Um, but yeah definitely the Universal Horror Monster movies were my favorite yeah. I don't think there's any one particular one but cool Demon Knight is certainly one of my favorites uh, <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, maybe the last question is uh, what can we uh be seeing from you coming up soon uh, I'm currently shooting a movie called The Taker in Los Angeles uh, uh, you know hopefully that'll get some good distribution it's got uh, some great uh, cast members in it. it's got uh, myself I play the lead in it um, and uh, then uh, it's got R.A. Mihailoff in it uh, you know we'll play of course Leatherface he, oh, he actually gets to speak in this one <laughs> and um, uh, Malcolm Daynar, who we know from um, Christine and a bunch of other movies, Pop Popcorn and that kind of thing. And it's uh, got a great cast and crew, and hopefully that'll be something good. And then you can also hear my voice on, uh, up on you know, I'm still doing a bunch of Skylanders and uh, Batman Arkham, and, you know, there's a bunch of other games. I, you're never allowed to talk about those till they come out. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, did some voice work on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and that kind of thing. So, And you can always check my IMDB page, imdb.com, John Kassir, slash John Kassir, and, uh, you know, find out. Uh, but Facebook me. I'm there, John Kassir. Just me. Not the fan site. Just come straight to me. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks a lot, John. It was a great pleasure talking to you. Nice to meet you. Thanks guys. so much. Thank you very much. Take care. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he was very, very nice. Yeah. And I think when, when when he first went into the Crypt Keeper voice, I was just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I think part of the reason we didn't really talk to people on Saturday, at least for me anyway, it was um, a little bit of an intimidation factor. Yeah. Was, I mean, to really just boil it down, it's like, well, what if they don't like me? <laughs> I mean, what if they're mean? Um, but uh, he definitely wasn't. He was a very nice guy. And even for, like I said earlier, like day three of a three-day convention, um, he was very, uh, really genuine and very willing to talk to us. And that was awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see where we go from here. Um, maybe we jump into uh, our our next panel, which was... Scary, sexy time. Right. Which was, the basic premise was that they're supposed to talk about who in horror that you want to... bed. Yeah, that you want to bang, basically. Um, things a little went a little off the rail at, at times, I think. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people that... I don't know. We'll just let you listen to it. Then we'll talk about it afterwards. So, here we go to the panel. 
actually thought this thing up last year, and uh, basically I'm, I'm extremely perverted, pansexual <laughs> individual. Yes, <laughs> and and I, I like I like creepy. I, I like creepy men hey. a lot. I like creepy women a lot. And I was just thinking, I wonder if you Come on in! Creepy. Come on in, you're going! Get back here! Nick's right! Get your ass in here, son! Nothing. He's like, nah. you, fucker? And I, oh. I wish I could be like Scorpion. Oh, yeah, but Jesse's under the wall. Get over here! Even better, Bloodhook. Yes. Or what, what was it called on Parks and Rec? Like uh, Canoe Massacre. Canoe Massacre. Part six. six. <laughs> yes, we're very <laughs> obscure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing that Kiki All right. Yeah, Let's get to banging. And I, and I like creepy. <laughs> I love creepy. Oh. There are oh. many strange men, creatures, women, other things that I find very, very attractive. Um, I'm just gonna throw one out, and then let's see what all you guys are interested in. <laughs> okay, I'm a big fan of the 80s horror, and uh, one of my favorites is, of course, um, oh god, it went out of my head. I'm such a reader. Um, Clive Barker. Midian. Well, who wouldn't fuck Pinhead? But, yeah. Paula uh, Quinn. To be fair, Pinhead looks like it might hurt in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> See that? I, I was going to say that his other hand I feel like Pinhead <laughs> might possibly be just be more just asexual. He's pansexual is what Pinhead is. Like, pansexual. There's probably, such like, there is no, there's, there's most oh, likely, yeah. if there's anything left, just something mangled. Is he like, <laughs> is he Well, that, he was very vanilla. If you watch the series, his original self was very vanilla. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that, that even as, like Pinhead, he's not going to be really. Yeah, he seems very asexual. He's Nightbreed, Nightbreed, Nightbreed. Nightbreed. Yeah. Oh, the dude with the sort of tentacles on his head and that. Yeah. Yeah. In a second. <laughs> See, I haven't, I haven't screened that one myself, so I guess oh, I'll have to. Oh, no, you should. There are a lot of really sexy monsters in it. Another one. There's a a, a woman creature named Shinazaki that is just gorgeous. She and you said Sparker. Yeah. But yeah, as I mentioned on my panel, one of my panels yesterday, I did not put together that Barker was gay as rainbows until like three years ago, and now I was like, <laughs> half of this shit makes so much sense now. Oh, really? Yeah. Is Tumblr? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Is it it's like Swing's door? No, it's, it's just naked oil. lubed up men. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Every show you kind of was like, okay, Chris, come on. Like, read it back a little bit. Come on in! How's it going? I have to admit, like, for me, like, the first one that really made me go, that wasn't a monster, but this made me go, oh my god, and also kind of started my pen shot for polyamory, which I am, I'm a polyactivist, is um, Miriam and John Blaylock from The Hunger. Like, oh, Catherine yeah. Deneuve and David, it's like two great things from, like, I can have this. And I can have the, and I can have both, and then my friends are brought forward like, but they kill you. I'm like, yes, but it'll be amazing right before it happens. Like, yeah. I want to go out clubbing and just randomly run into Catherine Deneuve and David Bowie and be like, wait, what? Like, we're going home? Like, that's so. I mean, and yes, I know he's technically not a vampire. Blah 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 blah. Aside, it's just that they were able to 
because for the longest time it was Bela Lugosi, like because vampires are the you know, the alternative in terms of like, and so obviously they're meant to represent sexual, which we aren't supposed to talk about. Because then, and then it was Christopher Lee, which is can be sexy on his best days, but in other days you're like, I'm a little scared of you. <laughs> and then I never did find the Frank Langella uh, Dracula that sexy myself, but and I think and it's just because I was a little kid and just so kind of like anything that was even remotely sexual I just latched onto. And I saw The Hunger, and I was just like, I was never scared in that movie. I was just more like, I love these people's lives. Like, I love it. Oh, unfortunately, we have to suck the souls out of a couple people. Just, but, oh, what the hell? Yeah, well, we're having orgies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're enjoying ourselves. Totally. Um, I guess it's sci-fi horror, but as a young kid, I think it was the first time I was ever scared and turned on so much was when Scorty Weaver's panties did not really fit in the end of it. Uh, yes! Yes! Exactly. <laughs> scariest movie as hell when I was a kid, but I was like, whoa. I, I remember that. Because you just remember being like, uh-huh. like this, because I love that whole movie, and then just that part where I'm like, and then I the, shouldn't be feeling these feelings right yes, now because absolutely. vulnerability, but st- and then the cool. scary alien comes out of the wall because right after that scene, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait yeah, there's an alien. Well, and he's basically <laughs> and a big giant penis. Yeah, same with Geeker and PS solutions and stuff. What? I'd say the one for me that is the weirdest one, and I know that I would not survive the encounter. Oh, wow. no way. Is um, but she was the cutest goddamn killer in the world. Um, the girl next door that could smash your head in in a second. Uh, Christy Swanson from mm. Deadly Friends. Yes. <laughs> yes. Didn't she kill someone with a fucking basketball? Yes, she did. The only from Goonies. Yeah, she kills. I mean, you can think, like, with a hand job, I mean, that would probably, what would the grip be like there? It, just, it would be gone. Uh, it'd be yeah. gone. It's like a tomato squish Oh, uh, It's <laughs> death by Snoo Snoo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I have a sick motherfucker, I guess. We all know. I'm desperately, desperately in love with Mads Mikkelsen's Hannibal. Oh my god! Oh my god, you worth it. And it's so be worth it. Please, eat me. Eat me. Eat me. For me, I would have to say my first one, I was like, this might be kind of cool. Was like Rose McGowan in Scream. Mm. First time I saw Rose McGowan in Scream, I was like, that yeah, I was gonna say yeah. The, the, the blatant trailer shot of like nipples, what they yeah. just you know that Wes Craven is like, okay, I'm. I'm not calling you on that though. Rose McGowan is fucking gorgeous. I yes. mean, she's yes. beautiful. There's really nothing creepy about her. She was in a creepy movie, well, but well, he, like that was like my first experience in like my first like truly scary movie that I was like. Turned off and was like, I don't know if I can watch this with Scream. Like I'm pretty, oh, I'm on the younger I side. I see, I see. And so like yeah, that was like buddy. my first like, <laughs> all right, like this this might be all right. Like I was like, oh, all right. They <laughs> seem like they're kind of cool. Like girls <laughs> running upstairs. Like they run to their bedroom. Like I'll be there. <laughs> Tell me you've seen Jawbreaker. Yes. yes. Oh my God, I cannot. Every time her ass is on screen in Jawbreaker, I'm just like. <laughs> I say the one the one that I. Uh, Today that I'm like, I just want to be with that bundle of crazy. Is a movie called Excision. Oh my god, that was such a good movie, and that was such a great character. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, like I was just like, so I was captivated by her for every moment. Like I was just like, there's just so much with her. And then when they show the like 
how she views herself stays. I was just like, that's what she looks like. She's stunningly beautiful. Yeah, she I, is. Uh, yeah, like so. I mean, she's more of. I have a. Probably have an extreme fetish towards just crazy, like I'm, like <laughs> crazy beautiful. <laughs> like, like you're like. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not, like I just get girly about it. I'm like, please do something <laughs> terrible to me. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, you're looking for the Marla Singer of like, <laughs> I will get your abortion. I am so turned on right now. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love the story of that. Oh, um, are we starting like weird or just your first? Just the, the, the first or like in horror that you were like. <laughs> <laughs> my first? I don't know. I don't even know what my first one was in horror would be. But like, what stands out? My latest one. is... Oh, I still, no, everyone's yeah. talking about that, and I haven't seen it yet. Oh, so that's been on my to-do list for months. Yeah, well, I've I wanted got to, to pretty much. It sounds like Nip Tuck. It sounds like Nip Tuck to me. It's nothing like Nip Tuck. Really? When she opens that, Don't spoil it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe like an involuntary Nip Tuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Risk is in it, so basically, like, all the women. <laughs> I, would, I had a really interesting, so like, the first time I watched American Mary, I was like, it's a cool movie, and then I watched it again, I was like, wow, there's a lot of very nice subcontext to this. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, I would bang Mary Mason in a heartbeat. And I was like, I want to say I would too, but I feel like, I, I just, I don't, I've, I feel, would feel weird about it, I think. <laughs> like, as a, as a guy, I would be like, I don't want to like. I would bang Catherine uh, anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest, anything. <laughs> okay, the, the first creepy person, I guess, that I was really attracted to when I was a little kid was Alice Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alice Cooper. Yeah. I would still do Alice Cooper right here on this table. That would be for an interesting panel. What? I don't Um, I think just because <coughs> it forever solidified in my mind my utter... I didn't. I don't really think the film's that good, but it's for, it's always going to be dyed hair. Now it's always going to be short, and it's always going to be someone who can eventually maybe go crazy. And I know it is very very stereotypical, but trash. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm like this, yeah. like the part where like where she just. And I'm not a poop guy. I'm an ass guy, and I I have been like tits, like watching it, and that. The fact that it's just, and the part where they're like, oh, Trash is taking her clothes off again. And I'm like, I could be around. And Trash may take off her clothes. Yeah, and I think the first time I saw that, I went through puberty. It was. It was that, that thing. That is, there are very few things, like, from my childhood that went instant spank bank. That was just sort of like, yeah. I know exactly what the next three weeks is going to be utilized. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be the fact that I can see Mrs. Henderson's garters in fourth grade class or anything. It's going to be like, and the thing is that I, she's pretty, but she doesn't look nearly as attractive in any other movie because I think it's because that punk kind of yeah. thing that she has, and it's just the cornflower blue like stockings, which you think would not work at all, but for some reason yeah. you're like. And then later when she tra- and, I'm, and then she has the, I'm like, so yeah, it's a little creepy, but at the same time I'm like, I've who. What, what I loved about Trash is just like her sheer confidence. Like she's like, like everyone's like, oh, Trash is getting naked. Guess what? Trash is just like, yeah, I have a hot body. Yeah. Like she's just like, do some fucking shit up. Like that was her just attitude. That was, I like, will destroy like, you with my vagina. Yeah, I didn't watch, I didn't watch that until I was like 
that was like, damn. Like, that well, was like my only thought was just like, damn. Well, also for the rest of the time until she gets that, she's naked. Like the whole yeah. time, I'm just sort of like, this is kind of cool, you know. And it is kind of funny how they do they that if, if that movie does anything right, it is the great combination of you're like, this is kind of you know the whole like. More brains, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, but, but I saw butt again. You know, we're like, I was just kind of freaked out, but. Okay, did anybody see the Masters of Horror episode Jennifer? Yes. Yeah. That yes. was fascinating yes. and fucked up. It's basically about this girl who is a, a monster, an intestine-eating monster, and she has a monster face, but then, ah, oh my god, banging body, beautiful. Should, uh, that horrible term for that guy, butterface. I think what it's called, where it's like <laughs> it the ultimate butterface. Beyond butterface. I mean, you wouldn't want to be anywhere near you. No, she's, she's really... Mm-hmm. She looks like Melina from Mortal Kombat. Ah, yeah. Actually, I, I was can, just going to bring that up. <laughs> That's the one I was just going to bring up, is she's terrifying. Yes, with the fangs and everything, it's like a fucking bear trap. But from from the neck down, it, it's just beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, Jennifer's watch that. Because it's like a real-life version of that. I think yeah. part of her sexuality, though, was the fact that she was stupid. But she was manipulating all these men to yeah. do the things that, yeah. No, she was in control the whole time. Yes. For really sure. Cool. Absolutely, for sure. Okay, I'm going to call you boys on something. All right, we, we had the uh, Alice Cooper with a leather wallet comment over here, which is completely <laughs> legitimate. <laughs> yeah. uh, and in, in our, there are a lot of older men that I find very attractive. In our society, men don't find older women attractive. Any of you guys find any, you've got any uh, older women out there that you Actually, I've got a good story, and this is a true story <laughs> from Crypticon oh, a few yeah. years ago that I need to bring up, and I'm kind of ashamed of it. <laughs> it, it also kind of proud. Actually, okay, <laughs> but before I left for Crypticon, you were actually asking me, where are you going to stay at? I said, well, I'm going to crash with my parents up in Marysville, unless Lene quickly invites me up to her room. <laughs> So, (laughs) she has a movie screening for um, whatever the fuck movie was. I think it's like Stripperland or something. And I see her kneeling down in the doorway. And I walk over to her and I say, you know, you're the star of this. You shouldn't be here right now. Here, take my chair. And oh my God, you're the sweetest guy. Awesome. And I, I sit there and after the movie's over, everybody else left the room. And I was sitting there just talking with her for so long and then she's just like you want to come down to the bar with me sure yeah <laughs> then that's her. what your outside voice says your inside voice is like yeah. oh so, my god <laughs> <laughs> where we walked down here and even uh one of the security people was asked her um hey do you want me to come along or are you okay and she's like no i'm fine <laughs> so it's just me and her go down there have some drinks and I'm so ashamed of this because I'm a fucking idiot, but I, I, I would have. I totally would have, but it didn't even dawn on me because, like, this is trash, right? Up here, somebody, like, like what I said, this, yeah, it, like, skyrocketed my puberty when I was, like, 12. So, and she asked me, where are you going to stay tonight? And I, I said the whole thing about how... You know, it's going to be a long drive, but i got to get driving back. And she's like, oh, well, let's do that. i got HBO in my room. And you didn't go for it. My reaction reaction was, (laughs) you 
Well, I'll see you in the morning. I, I got halfway down the hall, and it hit me. I was like, oh, fuck. I turned around. I went back. Already gone. Oh. Here's for, okay, just I want to say for the record, cheers that you, you at least have the fortitude to admit your shame. Shame, shame. But listen, well, come on. Like, there's all sorts of different things that can come in there now. And Because, face it, you get older, sexuality changes, and blah, 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 blah. That's not negative there. But it sounds like, and absolutely no offense to you, but that may have happened before, like, with her. Because she's, she's talked through, she's a very savvy woman. Like, already knows what she wants. Very confident and just kind of like, and not all like, pardon this term, I hate this term, but like slutty or promiscuous or anything like that. I hate that. It wasn't like that at all. It's just a person who knows what she wants. Obviously, you turned her on because you're a fucking awesome dude. And like, but that, she was just probably like, eh. and she yeah. just went back out and was just like, his oh. loss. You know, not at all judgmental, but just also was probably like, oh. But yeah. uh, that was one of those things. I, it, I, I was just like, what the fuck? She cried the rest of the I was really scared because I thought you were going to go the route of saying that, like, like, oh, she asked me up, like, oh, it was going to be, like, it was going to... Take a seat, take a seat. Take no, I actually have to head home, but I just want to have your, your information. Yeah, you got from that? We're good, we're good, we're okay. good. Cool, thanks, man. Thank you. And that, I thought you were going to do the whole, like, well, yeah, she asked me, but they didn't find her attractive anymore. And I was just sort of like, <laughs> I, I would have think. Oh, oh no, 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 I, I know that's where that was going. Because I, I was just sort of like, oh. I, was like, I totally would Well, cheers for you for being a nine-year-old boy in a 30-something like, oh, guy's yeah. body. Yes. Like, <laughs> You're pretty. You're like, <laughs> that's a pretty girl. Um, and, and in response to your, like, about older women, like, I... I'm ashamed to say that the two women that I do find attractive are ones who tend to look younger, who who look who have aged well, is like Susan Sarandon, mm-hmm. who I think has aged very, very well. And, uh, oh no, not me. I was about, I was like, Judy Dench, <laughs> and like, no, not Judy. <laughs> who is, who's, who is an attractive woman, but I, um, but uh, Excalibur, who I just, I just oh, remember. Oh, um, wow. I know you she was just in red. <laughs> she was just in red. Oh, Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Oh, Helen Mirren, because oh, if, you, if you see Helen Mirren in any type of interview, like, it's all about her poise and that she's not snooty English, which, yet again, there's something wrong with snooty English, but she has this lovely feel to her where you're like, wow, she's confident but not snooty. Like, she, had, like there's certain celebrities, and no, like, we don't know. We can't speak to their motivations where you're just kind of like, eh, like, I, yeah, maybe no. Like, and then there's some who I wouldn't have said, like, no, like, before I saw them interviewed, and then I see them interviewed, and I'm like, I want to fuck, like, Gerard Butler. Like, yes, he's a great-looking guy, but if you ever see him on, like, in interviews, the biggest, awesomest dude you could ever meet. Like, he's really, really genuine, and he's always like, look at this guy. He has a lot of enthusiasm. Like, if you get a chance, like, look up on YouTube. He has He's on either Leno or Letterman or something, but Scarlett Johansson had been the guest on before him, and so she's sitting in the next chair, and he's sitting there telling the story about him and his brother's wedding and about him being a cow. And he has a lot of enthusiasm, and he's really good at telling a story. And she's just like, and you just see like the seat getting wetter <laughs> and wetter. Like it's just kind of, and she just has that part. And the thing is that he knows it. Ah. He has this sort of thing. He goes like this: I'm going to use you as a body. Okay. okay. He's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm not kidding. And he touches her like in that little kind of friendly way, and she goes like that. <laughs> and you know, like part of me just wishes like as soon as the curtains went down, right backstage, fucking drop trowel, like just going around like. 
in my head, I'm like, that would be kind of hot, like Leonidas and, and Black Widow, like for my, <laughs> like, you know, my Tina Bob's Burgers erotic fan fiction kind of show, you know? I kind of love the fact that American Horror Story has older, Jessica very Lange. sexual Lange. women. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jessica Lange. Well, it's Jessica Lange beautiful. always. Oh, she will be attractive until she's 90. For yeah. The I don't it's well, rather not this season, but the yeah. season oh, before. Oh my God! That what's her name is the Angel of Death. I was in love. Yeah, she's so cool. Did you? I never really thought about it until just now. But honestly, if I saw a movie that came out today that ended with Sigourney Weaver in her underwear, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I want to say that. Uh, I feel like Mike gets slapped because she's just been a mom character for so so many people so long. But I would I would take D Wallace and. Like, do you want today? Like, yeah. either, either her howling, like, I, I, I would, D Wallace still just doing like a reboot of the howling in my room. I would be <laughs> in yeah. my room. I would animal like the howling, like. <laughs> this is the scary part. Take off your clothes. Rob Toby thinks she's hot. He's yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was gonna say. And, and Rob's uh, her and Lord of Salem. Like, I loved her character so much. Oh, I was just yeah. sitting there, just like. Just so cute and sweet, and then you just fucking smack the shit out of that guy. That was so great. <laughs> like I, I just felt like that's how it would have been. Like, like I'd be like right there, and she'd be like, "Punk, no, fuck <laughs> you." <laughs> that reminds me, Leslie Easterbrook. Yes. Still. Yeah. Still. Still smoking hot. Scully. Yes, yes, Julie Anderson. Julie Anderson, Hannibal. Yeah. Yeah. She's, like yeah. she's, she's one of those she Anderson. She almost looks better now. Oh, Damn! Yay, people! Yay! Indeed! I would just want her to call me ow! I have a question, because definitely this panel here, and I will just use it for the sake of, like, stimulating discussion, but what is your one that you're kind of ashamed of. And for me, Aww. mine is, yes, I'm going to say it, even though he probably wouldn't be having sex with me, he'd be having sex with himself, but Patrick Bateman. Yes, me too. Like, <laughs> like a, a Chris, like, I really don't think that, um, uh, uh fucking, uh, uh, Christian Bale is that good of an actor sometimes. Like, he is by far the weakest part of the fucking Christopher Nolan movies of his Batman, and he must have friends kind of thing. But him, like, he was really able to personify, like, because Brett Easton Ellis, like, that's hard shit to personify. Like, you read that, and you're like, whoa, this is fucked up, y'all. Like, and then they were able to make, and my problems with that movie aside, is him in that movie, I'm just sort of like, he has this kind of just raw, like, why would you not? Want I mean, when he's looking in the mirror, filming him. Yeah, and he's yeah. doing the whole thing. Like, yeah, I just imagine me being like. What about Bale in front and Kevin Klein? The, no, not Kevin Klein. Klein. Kevin Bacon in the first fucking Friday the Thirteenth, because Kevin Bacon is always sexy and is still sexy. But I'm a little ashamed to say Patrick Bacon because not because of the killer aspect, but because of the crazy narcissism times fifteen. You know, the and he the sneakers. Uh, I think that uh, it's 
not horror, but the the one that I'm kind of embarrassed by is a. Uh, I think flow from progressive is so. <laughs> God damn, she got something going on. Sell me insurance, bitch. Yes. It's a perfect day. Oh, how much? How much percentage am I saving? How much percentage am I saving, baby? Yeah. <laughs> yes! It might be 18 to 80. It's all good. Like, maybe my shameful one would be like, like, if I was gonna do something just dirty and be shameful about it, maybe the girl from Orphan. Oh! oh. oh. Like, shameful. It just has such a very broad spectrum. Like, she, she, she looks knows. like she's 15, but she's actually 80, so it covers the last question. She like, what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 This is kind of like, burp. That shame. That's the thunder clap. I think I felt the shame of... Yeah, there's a layer of it on me. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really ashamed of anybody that I want to bang. That's my thought. If I'd be ashamed of banging them, I wouldn't be like, Hey, like we need to fuck so that way I can feel bad about it later. <laughs> what is your one that also? Because most of us here, I imagine, consider ourselves kind of alternative, a little bit more avant-garde. But like, I, I have a. There are certain also crushes that I'm just sort of like, like that everybody else does. That because for all intents and purposes, most of us are not really hipsters, but a tiny bit. We're like we kind of we just talked about at the beginning. We're like we kind of know what we're talking about. But who is the one that you're kind of like? But you're not supposed to because you're like you're the yeah. you know, the person. And for me, like that one is it's Alexander Skarsgård because oh, everybody, yeah. like the straightest man in the universe will be like, I will suck Eric Northman's dick. Oh, like, yeah. like, if anything, just because my girlfriend will now do anything because I did it. Because like, can I just watch? Like, like he has, and it is. I think it is that combination of he he's built. He does looks good, but he has just that kind of like. Viking kind of feel to him, and I don't know. Maybe it's just because the first guy I ever dated was kind of like a blonde surfer dude, so maybe that's kind of. <laughs> you what know, that great. is such a good point you brought up, though. I I had never thought about it, but I actually do feel a little twinge of it's not quite shame, but I don't know a wince when I find somebody who's traditionally handsome or beautiful that everyone else finds as beautiful attractive. I'm like, oh, really? Do I really well, want that person? <laughs> because I I imagine that part of you feels like it is almost acknowledging that. Society, which really, we can all agree here, really does place a lot of stupid fucking gender roles, and this is what pretty is, blah, 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 and that when you do acknowledge, I did that, when everyone else is like, I hit that, it's almost like you're acquiescing to that, you're approving of that, when it really isn't, I don't think it isn't, like, there's, like, parts where I'm like, yes, this person, like, I find Natalie Portman really attractive for the reasons I find her attractive, like, but, you know, so many people are like, oh, Natalie Portman, so hot, and you're just sort of like, Whatever your reasons are aside, it's just that okay. it's intense. This has nothing. He's not like, well, well, I guess you could sort of say he's a horror guy, but I have a ginormous crush on John Waters. And I found out that if he gets drunk enough, he'll be he like, women. Like, mustache, of course, right? Must be out. That's Obviously. It's only a shame now because I'm older, but when I was young, 
I had a crush on his my first gothic crush. Actually, introduced me to that was Lydia from Beetlejuice. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Now I'm old. you were so alone. She's old now. She's old. You were so so alone. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> and it's not. It kind of gets into the shame because I'm not shame that whenever I was hot. But it's also the cartoon, which it's the voice that does it for me. And that she was also the voice of Claire Redfield from Resident Evil. Mm, yeah. But it's if you really think down, I have to turn out the lights because it's just the voice that does it for me. <laughs> but it's really the girl from the big comfy couch that does those voices. Wow. You know what? You know what? Speaking of which, uh, I'm still kind of ashamed of it, but I always thought that uh, Daphne on Scooby Doo was. So <laughs> I don't love Daphne. You can't be ashamed of that. You know what? I take Velma. Like that. Yeah, I'm not exclusive. exclusive. She probably is a freak. Velma would get down in her. Yeah, she would. <laughs> what about, what about, about Bud? What about, she does Bud stuff. Mrs. Mrs. Deets. <laughs> 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 She's down to shit. The nuts all be about ass pain. Mrs. Deets seems like she'd be a horrible, like, really controlling sexual like woman in the bed, but Mrs. Deets really Delia <laughs> <laughs> Deets. Well that that yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to throw this one in the ring because it's should be something awful, especially now. Yeah, let them hear. Better they just catch a part of it as they walk by. Yeah. But, uh, Tom Cruise's mustache is gonna be oh. <laughs> so good. I it's so shameful. Oh, yeah. My my shameful one is also a vampire. Like, I'm not. I'm not ashamed because Kate Beckinsale. But I feel like in the horror community, maybe in like <laughs> you like that because like, you're a piece of shit. You watched that. Like Go I've watched the sequels because of that. Yeah. Trust me. There's been plenty of times. I don't know if a lot of people have seen this one. I feel really bad bringing it up because like everything about like just being a confident woman just says you should not like this movie. Mm. But has anyone seen Boxing Helena? Like that's yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. But yes. Oh, fuck it up. Sherilyn Finn. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there, there's one. He went out arms. I don't care. There's <laughs> one that I've always had a thing for, but I know that he's kind of trashy, but mm. in a good way. And that's uh, Fires of Ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. She's totally trashy, but in a the good way. Yeah. It's like deeper. She's a bitch and she bangs Nazis. There must be something wrong with her. Especially if it was going to be kind of a 
probably more not focused on women for most of this, but I thought of, I wanted to inquire with you guys because I actually thought of someone who isn't sexualized in a horror film, but that part of me is, part of it, it's a relationship thing. I want to be a relationship, but the other part of me is just sort of like, I I kind of want to see where sex goes with you. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking Anthony Perkins. He's no longer dates. Like, oh my I, God, yeah. he's so vulnerable, but at the same time, he has this quiet power to him where I just want to be like, I want to be tied up by you. Not by mother, but by you. Because <laughs> well, I want to, like, I want to help. I want, I want to help Norman deal with his mom deal deal with his mommy issues while having sex with him. Like, you know, over a period of time, because he you just has this, th- like, because he has one of the best moments. Like, the, there's, it's still one of the best scenes ever. I think in film is when he's flirting. Like, but he doesn't, he's so awkward about it, and you can tell he wants to, and I'm just sort of like, oh, my God, you're so cute, but at the same time, I just want to fucking wreck you. Like, it's just, (laughs) and I think it's so, and I didn't even think about this until Matt and I were reviewing it a couple months ago, and I was like, wow, I never would have, and it's not like this, it's, it's shame, but I think, I just was like, wow, I never really kind of thought about this before, because you're not supposed to sexualize Norman Bates, like, Norman Bates. Tony Perkins was kind of a non-homicidal Norman Bates. He was a very, very confused young man. Yeah. He was he was bisexual. It took him a long time to get with that and you know be okay with it. Buck sixty society yeah, and that kind of yeah. stupid bull. Yeah, and and eventually he died of AIDS, didn't he? Yeah. Eventually, yeah. So yeah. it's just like I want to ask you guys, what is in, in if you can try and keep it to horror, but like what is a character that is not sexualized almost at all, but you're still kind of like oh. you know what that could actually um. They could go into the slasher realm of the, the virginal final girl. I, I can name any one of them. Either Laurie Strode, yeah. Nancy, <laughs> any of them. They're, they're not sexualized at all. They're the virginal good girls. But there's still an aspect of sexuality in some of the slashers. Like, to them, it's just the fact that they haven't been sullied yet. So that it's still attached to sexuality. I'm talking about someone who has... Like almost like when I put when I thought of this, I'm like I'm gonna say Norman Bates, and people are gonna be like, "What the fuck, Chris?" I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to Doctor Hyder. He's completely unsexy in that movie, which makes him stunningly power. fucking sexy. Well, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, in his defense, she's she's a grandmother librarian in that movie. She's not sexy. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. She's really carries. <laughs> Holy shit! In the remakes, so you're pretty important. She really did. Yeah. 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 A lot of disaster could have been avoided. Well, that's she was the, but the thing is, is that like, I think any sort of play with Carrie's mom would just result in you being like edged up. You'd be edged. You'd be put all the way up to the edge, and then you'd be put in the closet. Yeah. Like, if you want edge play, like denial. Harry's mom is there. Yeah, she's just all around. around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that chick from Worcester, the, the, uh, two-by-four chick. Misery. Oh, Misery. Misery. I almost said. Misery. I almost said. Yeah, she Well, it's, well, that one's just all about that. That's a great example. Like, character. Just certain, <laughs> King, like, there's certain thing where King gets so great, and other times me. where I'm like, God damn, Steven, just. <laughs> Fuck, do something. Just like, just go to the next page. But there's like, the best part in that whole movie is after she hobbles him, she does the whole like, I love you so much. And you're just sort of like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> like so, And I am kind of glad it happens to James Caan, the woman beating asshole that he is. Yeah, so yeah. I'm very happy that it does happen to him because I'm just sort of like, motherfucker. 
the insane but, girl from High Tension. Yeah, I mean, she was doing yeah. all that just because she wanted to fuck her friend. It's like, can't you just, like, not kill everybody and let's just fuck? Sexual <laughs> repression. <laughs> Made what manifest by <laughs> homicidal tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. Have been avoided. <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? But then we wouldn't have had that great yeah, show with the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what was she really doing? Truck in the head and well, hey, and the head. there's still a lot of around and there's still stuff that can be learned. <laughs> God damn! I was like, and there it goes. What is a situation you would never want to find yourself in? Somebody like you see in a movie and you're just like, oh. it makes you cringe. Like, oh God. So, the obvious one is teeth. That would be the yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> teeth, but teeth. I think for me, it's on. It's just hands down. It's baby from fucking House of a Thousand. Like us, like we're just sort of like Sherry Moon is so hot, but holy shit, no, not my worst enemy's dick. No, because she has that kind of like. She's just. It's too like I've stuck my dick in crazy, and like and so like they're, like they're been, like in that part where she's like run, run, run. like no, no, no. Sort of like, 
that strong female character, like, which I know not to do, like, Whedon, like, I hate that term, but, like, you know, it does take some balls with a woman in 1959 to say, fuck you, to Cecil B. DeMille, which she did, because that one scene of, she's like, Moses, there's a man above, she, it took her, like, you kept having her do it over and over and over again, and finally she was like, what the fuck do you want from me? And I'm just sort of like, hearing that story, I'm like, yeah. Okay, I would totally do Gomez and Morticia at the same time. Well, okay, everybody would do it, because thank God for fucking night, like, because it's the first real sexualized, like, like, don't get me wrong, I love Fred Gwynn, I really honestly do, and like, they're both, they are funny muscles, but like, go, because going, Oh, God. You would know that they're fucking, like, in 1961, oh, they know what's happening, where you're just sort of like, group. they've had sex on their kids' beds, you know? Like, I mean, like, bringing up them, like, I was, I was just thinking, like, who would be that couple that you just want to watch? And for me, it would be the fucking Amazon. I just, just sit in the... Not the whole family. No. no. <laughs> Sick thrill out of it. I just watched it because it was funny as shit. 
there, I found a Seinfeld porno. <laughs> and the whole premise was that it was the, the game. You know, they all bet on it, and it was um, who could go longest without getting any. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, Elaine is out right away. Uh-huh. And then um, even Kramer and then Jerry. And then the whole time, George is in situation after situation. But never gets laid. Like, it's like, so good. It's like the office it's so God. funny. It's like the best. I worked in a porn store when that came out. Really? And we had all the, yeah, and I was just, it was the best joke about that because it's this crazy porno cock chuckling aside. The, and still, in the porno, George doesn't get laid. Yes. And that was like that, the best kind of like, okay, that, you have to admit, that was pretty funny. Okay, back in the mid-90s, I was in a hotel with my husband and we're like, let's watch some porn, okay? And this movie comes on, and I wish to God I could remember the name of it, but it was a zombie porno movie, and the zombies would shamble through the countryside, and when they'd find someone, they'd all fuck them, and the person would die of pleasure, and then they'd become a fucking zombie, too. And then so there were, like, you know, 20 zombies fucking I and think I know what you're talking about. Nights of the Living Dead? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is, um, Kasaki. One of our good friends, he's a wrestler up in Canada. This guy has the biggest horror collection I've ever seen in my life. And um, I, I even asked him, dude, uh, what is one movie you'll never watch again? And he pulled out Erotic Nights of the Living Dead. <laughs> and he said, there's no fucking way I'm ever going to watch this again. Because that's what it is. It's like, a, hey, it's a zombie movie. Well, they're fucking. They, it's zombies. Well, they're fucking again. They're fucking again. again. What? <laughs> Shit, they're fucking again. Ah, <laughs> done. <laughs> I got a question for y'all. If if you could um, think of a monster, a creature, non-human type, what would you find the most attractive? And I'm slapping the first person who says vampires. Are you a furry thing? Yeah, you do. <laughs> I found out that one of the one of the people I fuck on occasion. I found out like I was talking with her, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I got this," and it's literally like an eight inch long. Like she calls it her dragon dildo because it looks like a dragon penis, and I was nice. just sort of like. Uh, and I wasn't like, I was just sort of like, whoa. I did not, and I work in porn. I was just sort of like, I didn't know that uh, that, that it's not novelty. It's like meant to be utilized. And I was like, damn. Yeah, well, well, yeah, that, yeah, but it's just something that is fantastical. But I was like, oh, whoa. Yeah, like a tentacle that's that big around and that's all. It's yeah, that's like, the whole website. Tentacles. Oh, well, tentacles. Because sephalophilia yeah. is something that is like so rampant now. Yeah, and like, yeah. My favorite thing I've ever saw, and I came across this, and I was like, are you fucking I was searching through for Frankenstein stuff, and I was like, yeah. so Fleshlight made a whole yep. thing called yes. Freaks. Yep. Yeah. I was like, I want that Frankenstein awesome. little Fleshlight so big. Fuck you! Well, they did once for the Avengers, like, two years ago. There was a whole Avenger line of, like, there's the Captain America, and oh it's, like, red, white, and blue. And then there was, like, you know, the Iron Man one, which really vibrated. And there was the Hulk, which was, like, a 10-inch long, you know, <laughs>
Like, I'm just being used for, like, education. I don't find it sexy at all, but it'd be interesting because uh, the way their mouths are shaped, but a blowjob from a predator. Talented motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, like I'm, I, I think just because I'm kind of a freak myself, like I can't really think of like anyone that like I can think of. No, because it's not that I think it's bad. It's just I, everything's always on the table. So there's never been a time where I'm like, you know, like I could just like if someone's like, oh, like. I was the first person, one of my really good friends came out to me as a zoophile. Like, she, I was the first person she told where she's like, I'm never going to do anything, but I really want to fuck my golden retriever. And I was like, oh. And she was like, <laughs> really? She was like, yeah, all the stuff attached to it. And I was just like, wow, you came out to me? And she's like, well, you don't seem at all judgmental. And I don't know, you may be into it. And I was just like, well, I'm not. But it's just that I have nothing that I can jump on there. And if it is, it's something that, not to be... But like the chick from Splice looks for all intents and purposes like a girl. Like if I think yeah. something that's different, a werewolf is like I remember like trashiness aside, but the first time I read the Laurel K. Hamilton novels and she talks about the were people being like, Oh, they're L asexual in the movie. She's like, right here, big ass hairy dick. And I'm just sort of like and I'm not like saying I want to do stuff with it, but I like I would love to see that in a film. Like that's why when I watched the underworld films, I was like, if you're gonna make lycanthropy or anything, just fucking go one of the biggest animalistic things about animals is that they fuck a lot. It's just like, just give a werewolf a big fucking angry Wolf with guards. Yeah, wolf power guards! The man's got guards! For a werewolf, you actually, yeah, they always go for the hairy penis. It should be more like a rocket, you know? argument though regardless of how you feel about it and how sweet and, and well-intended and emotionally driven it may well be combined with the sex is that no animals can give consent, consent. well yeah because she said a consent yeah. yeah they can get hard or whatever but that it's not the same thing but that, that, that wasn't that. brought up though i just no, like I'm, she I'm came saying, to me and like she said she never was going to do anything the last thing she needs is another person judging her for the fact it's, like, it's not a matter of judgment it's a matter okay. of saying if you're if, if it ever starts to become a better decision to you, just realize you can't respect your husband that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got three minutes, guys. Unbelievable. Uh, actually, I gotta get going because I gotta. You gotta run, right? Get running, gentlemen. Yeah! 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 I'm sorry, Nerfoos. Uh, no, I'll find some. We'll find some. I'm kind of surprised that, like, no one's brought up Milo yet. Like, Milo from a Serbian film. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, Milo, she was fucking hot. I mean, there's, there's so many. Yes. That's I, a situation I would never want. I gotta bring up this before <laughs> I leave. There is one movie that I'm sure hardly anybody in here has watched, but it's a situation that's just so fucked up, you never want to find yourself in it. Um, find a movie called Cow Bear. Oh, It's a yes. French film, and imagine it's like misery mixed with deliverance. It's, well, it's is it worse so than Serbian film? No. No, but. I thought it was funny. Fast. I thought it was hilarious, but I'm. It, it gets worse gradually as it goes <laughs> out. Just... What happens to William Defoe in Antichrist? What his wife does to him? 
I also wanted to end on one to say that I, fe- I would feel stupid because they're so st- I would feel bad because they're so stupid but Jason Stackhouse because he's dumber than a bag of bricks but I'm like just don't talk oh, just don't, don't talk the same thing with like um, what's her name the Transformers chick woman Jennifer Oh, Megan Fox. Oh, Megan Fox, or I'm just like, just don't talk. Like, okay, Jennifer, Jennifer's body. You do him by the garbage can. Who? So there was that guy in there. He said he found Sigourney Weaver sexy. Oh, yeah. I'm just like... That guy looked like he was probably about 20, too. Yeah. He didn't look like he was old enough to be popping boners when Alien came out. Right. Um, And, uh, yeah, there there wasn't... I mean, aside from that guy who just kind of... I mean, well, he was raising his hand, but he was basically... He seemed like he knew the people on the panel. Yeah, definitely. Um, Which... Seems a little nepotistic to me, but yeah. why don't you just go sit up there? <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, just there as observers and people, you know, somebody that or people that didn't really know anyone there. I felt a little excluded, I guess. I don't know what I really expected, though. I didn't like. Did we think it was going to be like, all right, who would you do? All right, cool. Well, who about, about you? Yeah. All right, I guess Alexander Dario and Texas Chainsaw. All right, cool. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> I did like when they brought up like uh, who was the first um, person that like you uh, found yourself attracted to in a horror movie. It's like I was hoping they'd open it up to the audience. <laughs> it's like the Italian, the top is Italian broad in zombie. <laughs> I don't know who my first would be. I honestly can't can't think of who it would be. Yeah, I had to think about it for a little bit. Um, yeah, basically, almost, almost the entire time we were sitting in that panel, I was trying to think of like who my first was. But <clears throat> uh, yeah, all in all, I guess it was you know it was fun. It was yeah, lighthearted. If nothing else, notice that we kept going to the same room for these panels. Yeah, and it was a lot of the same panelists every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, uh, earlier this year, when we were first kind of gearing up for Crypticon, you suggested to me uh, doing a panel of our own. And I'm just like, what the hell would we do a panel on? But after sitting in on those panels, it's like, this is totally something we could yeah. do. And, um, you know, now that we've been around a little while, and, you know, we'll be, God, we'll be like, what, a year and a half in by the time Crypticon rolls around so, again? Yeah. Um, I'd say we'll have enough, maybe not necessarily notoriety, but we'll, we'll have been around the block <laughs> and, and kind of know what we're talking about. Although I don't want to spend all day doing panels. True. Yeah, you, you want to get around and talk to some people. Yeah. I mean, we do have a job to do. But anyway. Um, Speaking of talking to people, let's uh, let's talk to the Saskas. Let's do it. All right, guys, here we are again, Skeletoni and Taylor of Terror, and we are here with the Saska Girls, directors of American Mary and Dead Hooker, or, uh, Dead Hooker in a Truck. 
It's a tough. It's it's a hard one to say, Dan Hooker in a trunk. It's hard to get inside your mouth comfortably, Dan Hooker in a trunk. Yeah. But once you get it in your head, it never fucking goes away. Oh, can I swear? Yeah, oh, it's too Please late do. now, Jen. Oh, I like how I say fuck, and then I'm like, can I swear? <laughs> so, how are you guys uh, enjoying uh, CryptoCon? It's fucking amazing. This is our first time stopping in Seattle, and everyone's been just so sweet to us. Yeah, it's like nerd summer camp. I want to come back every year. I want to make, like, jewelry with everyone and best friends forever bracelets. <laughs> it's just got that great mentality to it. It's a tiny Canadian invasion because we're next to Tristan Risk and Jessica Cameron, two of our best girlfriends. And we're in screaming distance of Camden Toy and Doug Jones. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, we, we talked to Jessica on... Uh, well, email and uh, Twitter, and we just, we had no idea that you all knew each other. So. Oh, yeah. If we're in Canada, well, everyone in Canada knows each other. <laughs> everyone. Everyone. So if you say, hey, do you know your friend Jessica? I'm like, oh, sure. Oh, sure. Actress <laughs> Jessica Cameron, right? Actress Jessica Cameron. Sure. <laughs> She's the only one. <laughs> she is the only one. There's not another one like that one. No. Uh, yeah. So, uh, how did you guys come up with the idea for American Mary? It's so funny. I was looking on the internet for weird shit, as you do. And as does everyone. Yeah, as does everybody. Most people just look for porn. You look for weird shit. <laughs> well, I, I ended up uh, on BME.com, and they had an April Fool's prank of two identical twin brothers that swapped limbs. And they had a photographic diary of all the operations and procedures. So one ended up with three arms, and the other ended up with one arm, but his other brother's elongated ring finger. And that didn't freak me out as much as a love letter that went with it that said, you have to be an identical twin to understand why you would want to do this with your other. And that freaked the shit out of me. And my mom taught me that if something scares you, that's a lack of education. So learn more about it. You won't be scared anymore. So my fear turned to fascination, turned to obsession. So I obsess about body mod culture. And then I was like, this guy's actually really sweet and really normal and down to earth and so self-aware. And I was like, it's normal people that are totally fucked up. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I got an idea. Yes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so you, you two are actually in the movie. Was that your call or somebody talked you into it? In American Mary? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It's always our call. That was going to be our last time acting. We're proudly failed actresses. Proudly. We're like, let's play two characters that are kind of a hyperbole exaggeration of ourselves. Because we're European, people joke that we're twin cestual and that we're strange and that we're freaky. So we decided to put that all in. But our our fans loved it so much that they said, don't you fucking dare retire. Keep cameoing. So we have a, ca- a small cameo in Ceno Evil 2. I don't think we're in ABC or ABCs at all, but I do... Are we allowed to say, I don't know if I'm allowed to say I, We do a cameo in somebody else's. So I think... Regardless, oh, we are. Then we do cameo overall in ABC's of death. We cameo in everything now. We're like Hitchcock that way. We won't leave. We've and we're Jessica the cheapest Cameron's talent. What up, Jessica Cameron? I wanted to find out what they were cameoing so I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> ABC's of death too. See, I can't. When can I see that? Um, I don't know. I have some of those on my computer. <laughs> Kidding, I don't. <laughs> Uh, so, you mentioned See No Evil 2. How's that coming? Is that in the can? Or we, can we done. Done like dinner. We're just starting our second film with WWE Studios and Lionsgate Studios called Vendetta. It's our first action film, and uh, it's going to still be something 
the horror fans because it's probably our most violent movie. Yeah. Yeah, but see no evil too. I don't know if they've given an official press release, but I think it's in October, just in time for Halloween. So demand that the studios put it in lots and lots of theaters. Hashtag lots. I want see no evil two in theaters. Yeah. Long hashtag. <laughs> That's a long hashtag. Don't, there's no other characters in your hashtag. <laughs> so how was it working with Kane? I mean, we're both big wrestling fans. Oh my god, so. are you? Yeah. Oh, Glenn is so sweet. I will say that before I met him, I was the biggest Kane fan. And after I met him, I'm the biggest Glenn fan. Right. We started watching WWE when Kane was introduced. So to actually work with him, we were such fucking fangirls the whole time. He's so cool. He's so strong. And the thing is, they're so used to do everything in one take and never breaking character. You know, movies, it's like, cut, start again, cut, start again. So every time he did it, it would be perfect. I'd be like, fuck, you have to fuck up so I can say something. So I feel like Let I should direct. be here. Let, Let me direct. direct you. I think he asked, I was so jealous. He asked Jen for his motivation at one scene. I was like, damn it, I wanted Kane to say, what's oh, my motivation? He so you when he did it too. He's like, I've been waiting my entire career to ask this. What's my motivation? <laughs> laugh and the cutest little smile but he doesn't he doesn't laugh or smile for just anyone people will ask him for pictures and he's like this is what you're getting <laughs> um, we heard a rumor that in the first one Vince McMahon wanted Kane to have a three foot dick you know, is that that's something we can expect so in the sequel because I wanted to put the three foot dick in this because there's so much of a three foot dick joke yeah as soon as we got hired we looked at all the message boards to see what the fans wanted that they felt was missing in the first one and they wanted him to dress differently and have more of an iconic look. And before that, they wanted the dick in there. I'm not sure why. I wish I could have given him the dick. There is a mutilated dick in the movie. Every single yeah, like us cameoing in all our movies. There's always a dick in our movies. There's always a dick. This is like a Weir's Waldo dick because we had to sneak it in. Although the studio head was sweet enough to be like, yep. Just I don't want girls. You can have a dick. Let's make sure it looks like a real dick. And I don't see it in every scene. I'm like, fair enough. Um, so, I guess, I mean, obviously, you're very well-versed in horror. Uh, what kind of spawned that love of horror for you guys? Like, It's more like we've always loved horror. My mom had this huge, and still does, this huge Stephen King collection, and she loved horror movies, and she'd let us watch horror movies with her. She let us watch Poltergeist when we were really little, and then at night we got super scared, and she just pulled back the curtain and said, it's a bunch of people that intentionally made this to make you afraid. And, and prosthetic artists, actors, writers, directors, and when I found out it could be your job to scare someone, that was it. I didn't know that you could get paid to do that. Ruined for life. That's how, I got, that's how I got screwed up, too. Stephen King and horror movies too young. <laughs> when I was 12. I didn't even know what sex was, and that was my introduction to it. <laughs> yeah, it took me many years to understand Hellraiser. Let me touch you, damn it. <laughs> okay, let him touch her, he's mad. Cool, so um, so you got ABC's of Death um, and See No Evil. Anything else coming down the line for you guys? Uh, we are five weeks from going to camera on Vendetta, starring the big show. Nice There's show. like a joke right now that we only work with seven foot and bigger men. Way, yeah, yeah you have to be seven foot or taller to get on this ride. Yeah, but the thing is, if we ever wrestle, now we have Kane and Big Show in our corner. Hopefully, no one would ever kick our ass or hit us with a steel chair, because then, you know, they show up and save us. Obviously. 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 
and Kane's a demon. He can just teleport and fire. Oh, I know. Have you been watching the show? I think he's been watching it regularly. Oh, guys, it's time to come back. Kane just ripped out of the bottom of uh, the ring and grabbed one of the girls. Brie Bella. Brie Bella was trying to take her to hell. I was I like, boy so Daniel Bryan's man. You can't mess with Deep Rise. Oh, yeah, I know. This is Seattle. This is Bryan country. That's right. Yes. 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 You should have been here when they were when they had Raw and Seattle. I saw that. I went down for that. It was pretty crazy. Like, Triple H is trying to talk. And everyone is chanting Daniel Bryan non-stop. They had to fucking stop. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> Pretty funny. Cool. Well, girls, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, guys, thanks for chatting with us. Yeah, it was an honor to meet you both of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Watch wrestling. I'm sorry. They were fun. Yeah, like you were talking about people being on Sunday and being kind of burnt out. Not them. No, they were. They were still at 11. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were a lot of fun. Yeah. I think they each hugged us like three times. They're like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> they were real sweethearts, too. Um, yeah, they were, they were uh, fun people and um, really, they, they, you could tell they, they really loved their work, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, even down to doing conventions, you know, they totally even love that part of it. So, yeah. Cool, cool girls. Um, but do you... Keep an eye out for their for the movies coming. Um, See No Evil Two, ABCs of Death Two, and what was the third one? I totally spaced on it now. Velocity, is that what it was called? Uh, with, uh the one with the big show. Mm-hmm. Um, farts. I don't remember. Nah, that's not what it's called. Vendetta. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. And uh, starring the the big show, <laughs> uh, Paul White. White. Yes, uh, the giant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, cool chicks. Um. Yeah, check out all their stuff and stuff. Dig it. Uh God. Who else we have? So is that it? All right, we could uh, we could talk to Rob. Oh, Rob! Yes, God damn it! Yeah, the makeup competition. Rob booked. Uh, we um, we talked to him, and uh, you know, we like I said, mentioned earlier, we didn't get to check in with him as much as we would have liked. Would have liked, but um, we did get to talk to him and uh, check out uh, the the competition itself. And so let's uh, let's go to that. That should be nervous. It should be me. <laughs> this is the most paranoid. This is Skeletoni, Taylor of Terror, and we're here with Rob Bupta, the Hi. coordinator of the Crypticon Makeup Competition. How's it going, Rob? Not too bad. Good to see you guys again. Yeah, you too. Thanks for doing this, and uh, thanks for helping us get in here. <laughs> My pleasure. My pleasure. It's good to see you here. Yeah. Uh, so, makeup competition is about half an hour in or so. Let me check the time right now. Let's see. The official timekeeper of the makeup competition says that we are 24 minutes and 33 seconds in. All right. Um, and why don't you explain to us uh, what, what the theme of the of the competition is? Well, we took 17 people, drilled it down to five, and now those five people are trying to make the scariest, wicked, lethal, ugly clown that they could possibly do to impress three of our fine judges. 
for them. And uh, who, who are those judges? Joining us today as far as uh, the contestants go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still providing direction, too, as we're doing this. So, who we're looking at today is we have... Uh, Any more flashlights or Jonathan right now? No. <laughs> we're cool. No, Jennifer needs some. Does she need some? And it oh, spilled need. because it was all over the cup when someone tried to take it out. So it's in the microwave and I have to clean it. Troubles of being the leader. Yes. <laughs> solving the world's problems in the time that you have. Yeah, so uh, why don't you tell us about the, the contestants here. Contestants we have. We have Jennifer Luke, who works at Cube Podcast. We have Eric Alvarez, who does independent films. Kate Dixon, who also does independent films and TV and web series. We have Tiffany Lynn Lunk, who is also, uh, I believe, a Cube Haunted House artist. And last but not least, newcomer Thomas Bailey, who I've seen in a couple of my makeup classes, and I understand he's been avidly doing makeup classes all over the place. So. And then as far as our judges go, we have Lanny Brown, who won our contest last year. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Kenneth Calhoun, who won our contest back in 2011. And since then, he has actually been working in both Seattle and in Hollywood wow. on, you know, on some productions for Disney, um, a couple other projects that he has been working on as well. And last but not least, one who is not with us right now is Roy Woolley, who probably know from Face Off. Right, yeah, and he's kind of a fan favorite. Uh, one of my favorites, too, so right, yeah. I went all fanboy on him the other day when he texted me. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> That's Roy Willie, he texted me. He's very excited. So, I know you have to remain uh, unbiased, and, and you, obviously you're not a not a judge, but what are, you, what are you looking for out of the contestants? What am I looking for out of the contestants is I'm looking for them to work as uh, at a pace that they're comfortable with and produce the best results that they possibly can in Maybe the least amount of time. Two hours is a pretty substantial amount of time, except for the fact that, you know, they have to develop their character going into this. Right. Um, each of them has costumes that have been provided by uh, the Nightmare of Beaver Lake, and we'll pretty soon here hook them up with some uh, weapons as well. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I can see some, some decent progress coming along. I mean, even just half an hour in. Uh, 24 minutes <laughs> yeah, probably 26 or 27 right? right but anyway the uh, it's interesting because you see these people they, they're out of the gate they do things really really fast and really really well and they don't realize that you know they're working just maybe a little bit too fast but some of this stuff is hot and you gotta work with it really fast anyway right Okay, well, uh, we'll let you uh, kind of get back to it. We don't cool. want to take up too much of your time, but uh, we'll probably check back in with you uh, maybe a couple more times before, the, before it ends. So Sounds like a good deal. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Thank you. So, as you can see with the, um, you know, Rob getting kind of stopped mid-sentence while we were talking to him, he was obviously a very busy person, so uh, we didn't want to bug him too much, so we kind of kept our conversing limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, um, and we, I think we got stuck in a panel or something, um, and we or no no we we made it back to the competition, but we didn't get to actually talk to him again. I mean, we saw like final round, like you know, kind of we caught the like the last ten minutes of the actual competition itself, uh, as far as the applications. Yeah, then we caught the judging. Right, um, and um, yeah, Rob was pretty busy and he was kind of floating around the floor so it was didn't want to try and interrupt him right so um but we did get some cool pictures of uh 
all the contestants and their models. Mm-hmm. Um, they're up on our Facebook. Uh, go check those out. Um, the, the theme was, as Rob mentioned, um, just basically sinister clowns, which, you know. <laughs> it's right up Krusty Bumble's alley. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I mean, you guys know of my aversion to clowns, but uh, anyway. Uh, but although we didn't get to talk to Rob again, uh, we did talk to uh, the winner, Eric Alvarez. Um, so uh, let's go to uh, our little chat with him. Hey guys, you're here with Skeletoni and Taylor of Terror, and you're here with Eric Alvarez, the winner of Crypticon 2014 makeup competition. How you doing, Eric? I'm really good now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bet. My nerves are shot, but I'm fine now. Yeah, so um, I guess maybe explain um, what your kind of uh, direction was. Like, I mean, did you have like anything in mind? Obviously, you didn't know the theme ahead of time, but no, I was. I was actually, I was in the contest two years ago. I've only been doing makeup for two years, and I second week of me just practicing and messing around, I sent in some pictures of Crypticon, and then they, they're like, okay, we want you in the contest. I was like, I'm totally unprepared for this. Yeah. So I went in the contest, super nervous. The crowd got to me. I bombed. I got dead last. I did, like, a two-face makeup. I think the theme was Beauty and the Beast. Ah. I didn't know what to do. And um, instead of just giving up, I, I just kept at it going, I have so much more to learn, and I was beat by some really good people um and so i tried to enter the next year doing my very first prosthetic makeup and i sent that into the krypton they're like this isn't good enough but you can be a runner-up in case someone calls in sick or something but everyone showed up so i still didn't get in and then this year i was like oh cool uh i'm i think i'm in but then they're like oh you have to go to a semi-final thing and beat out 17 people if you're in the top five you could get in and I was like, okay, I'll try that. And the theme for that was Universal Monsters. And so uh, I did a mummy makeup, and I got in with that. And then um, I kind of noticed who was good. I knew who was going to get in it. And that 14-year-old kid, he was really good. Yeah. And then I was uh, going against Cube 93, Haunted House makeup artist, and uh, some really good competition. Kate Dixon, she's another film artist. And so... Uh, in the two years I've been working just on films, that's how I learned to do makeup, just using their budget and teaching myself that way, kind of winging it, but have an idea of what I want to do. And as soon as I came in this competition, I heard the theme, I told my mom yesterday, I was like, oh, I can do this as long as the theme's not clowns. <laughs> I said that exact thing. I'm scared of clowns, I've never done a clown makeup ever, and so that's the worst thing, you know. And what do you know, it's clowns, and then Rob hands me like a little Dick Tracy Tommy gun thing, like, here's your prop, a little flimsy orange gun. <laughs> And it said bang on it when it, you shoot it. And I was like, I don't know what, what I'm going to do. Everyone has cool props. Like, you know, someone had like a spinny bow tie and a Joker little water squirting flower and stuff. And then he started handing out those Resident Evil weapons. And I'm like, that's yeah, interesting, but I'll stick with my prop. Right. And that was a mistake because it broke in her hand moments oh, later. Geez. And so I was the only person that didn't have a prop. But I was like, maybe if I do enough techniques... Um, it'll surpass everyone else mm-hmm. and what I noticed was the only thing that made my makeup stand out was um, I had exposed bald cap I think I was the second person to use a bald cap the other one just slapped it on to stick on a wig but I had it exposed and then the other one was I, I didn't have like a crazy ripped open mouth Yeah. Um, that can be creepy but I knew it was going to be overused and so I was like I'm going to go Black Dahlia murder instead and just do that and I was actually drawing pictures in my hotel room after he told us the theme of just different killer clown makeup and the it Pennywise the clown and going where kind I want to go. Joker smile. Yeah, 
And when I did the mouth, I, was, I drew it out. I'm like, that looks too Iron Man-ish. I'm going to have to put blood in that. <laughs> and uh, luckily it worked. I was totally off, caught off guard when he started calling who was the winner or who was second place. I was like, oh, I, I definitely, I must have got fourth then, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of having flashbacks to two years ago. Like, you're going to lose, like, a carry moment. Like, <laughs> someone's going to dump pig's blood on me any second as soon as they say I'm fifth. But, uh, yeah, I was so, so surprised. It was uh, really awesome. Tell us about your model. Oh, she is easy to work with? Uh, her name's Erica. She was incredible to work with. Yeah. And she was the one that I pointed out when as soon as the models came out. I was like, I really hope I get work with her. She'd be perfect. Because the, the guys both had uh, facial hair. Mm-hmm. And I knew we were mostly going to use uh, latex. And then I heard that we had, like, gelatin runners. So they had to run, you know, use the microwave in a different part of the hotel, come back. And right. I was like, I'm going to try not to use gelatin. But I wanted to kind of block her eyebrows out. Because it's always creepier when you have bald-headed woman with, like... Big, yeah, you big eyebrows. Yeah, so it's always creepy when you do that. And so I was like, well, I'll use gelatin for that because you can wash it out with warm water and you can build up with latex and cotton over it. But as soon as the, the lady brought me the gelatin back, it was hot, super hot for like 15 minutes. Yeah, it was like burning me like acid. Like it's still not ready. And so I just used a little bit and I was like, I gotta keep it, keep trucking, you know. And then I had a wig, and uh, I didn't want to stick it on like everyone else did, so I cut it kind of to go around her head. But then I was like, well, how the heck am I going to stick it on her head without it falling? I don't have Prose, I don't have spirit gum or anything. I just had liquid latex. It'll take forever. So I was like, I'm going to have to cut the hair, hand lay the hair around it. So I did that, applied the bald cap, used scar wax to build up the eyebrows, made it look just like she cut her mouth open, and then made it look like a little kid kind of just drew on the makeup like that. Yeah, and like the design you have is really effective because she could be smiling and she'd still look angry. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't want to, I was too afraid to go make it look like she had sharp teeth. Mm-hmm. I could have used like Q-tips or something like what I saw someone else use, but just didn't, wasn't my thing. I was like, I'll just make like a black void and work like that, but. Uh, Erica, what was it like sitting in the chair for two hours? Oh, it wasn't bad. It was easy to do, yeah. yeah. Ever had makeup done before? Nope, this is the first time. Yep. So you had fun? Yeah, I had a great time. Good. How are you feeling right now? Is your face all like dried out? Or? Yeah, it's very stiff. And... <laughs> all right, well, Eric, thanks a lot for doing this with us. Uh, congratulations a lot. Thanks a lot. So, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah, uh, surprising he's only been doing makeup for three years. Right. In, as you mentioned in the interview, he, he'd, uh, he'd, he'd made several attempts at the makeup competition. Yeah, he was actually in it his first year. Mm-hmm. Makeup and but he he said he lost. I don't know if that means he came in last or he just said he lost. I'm sure anything behind third place. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, he was a very modest guy. Yeah. I mean, I know he all, seemed surprised uh, that he won. Yeah. Um. Especially with uh. God. There, there was a young kid. He was like thir- thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Um. And he did some impressive work too. You can see a picture of it. Um. He actually put like a trick motorized bow tie mm-hmm. like in his model's eye and like had him holding the, the switch in his hand. Um, so yeah, that, it's fun. Yeah. Now, I mean, this was by no means like professional, like movie quality work. Right. Um, I mean, they had two hours. They weren't allowed to bring their own gear at all. Yeah. Everything they used, <coughs> excuse me, everything they had to use was all provided um, and they had, uh, like, I think it was called the pantry where they had some limited props that were available to them, but it was basically first come first serve. 
Um, so, you know, for the work that was done in two hours, it was very impressive. Yeah. And uh, Eric's especially because he actually didn't use a full wig like most of the people did. Yeah, like he said in the interview, he had to cut the wig and then paste it onto the bald cap. Mm-hmm. It's um, a pretty labor-intensive process, so having to do that. Definitely. Plus all the rest of the makeup within two hours is yeah, I mean, quick. Uh, the the hair that was on, he basically, yeah, affixed it to a bald cap. The hair that he that he affixed was all hand-laid, um, or hand-laid, excuse me, Um and it, it, it looked like a wig. I mean, if you were to look at it, you'd say, oh, that's not very realistic. It's very wig-looking. But for him to have hand-laid all that hair, mm-hmm. especially in two hours and then done all this extra work, too, very impressive. And um, something that Roy Woolley, the, one of the judges, uh, who's you'd know from Face Off, um, he actually commented on the fact that he used so many different techniques in his application. I mean, he used um, uh, cotton and latex buildup, like on the chin and cheekbones, but then also used scar wax on the eyebrows to give it a very defined brow, Um, and then also hand-laying hair uh, on the bald cap rather than just using a wig. So, very impressive work, um, and um, I'm very happy for him. And, uh, yeah, if you're you're out there listening, Eric, congratulations. Well done. So... I think that's all we have from the show, essentially. Um, I think now, basically, we just jump into Truth or Dare. I think I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so we went and uh, this is <laughs> we've been pursuing Jessica Cameron for a while. <laughs> Not pursuing. We weren't like no, stalking. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we did uh, we contacted her about us possibly uh, getting a screener and. Um, she understandably said, "Well, we're you know we're trying to do the the festival route first, and then we might be distributing screeners, and uh, you know when we do more like DVDs and stuff." And then we were like, "Have you met Crypticon?" <laughs> yeah, we did introduce her to, to Crypticon, and uh, that we we take a little bit of credit for her being there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Justified or not, I'm taking it. <laughs> anyway, um, but she was there, and uh, we talked briefly with her, and we're going we're. I guess we didn't mention, uh, along with uh, Jessica Cameron, who we're going to try and get on the show, now that we've actually seen Truth or Dare. Yeah. Um, also, Tristan Risk from American Mary. We talked to her about coming on the show. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be some interviews we're going to be set, trying to set up in the future, um, hopefully the near future, before they forget, completely forget who we are. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... Uh, we we watched Truth or Dare and uh, did some uh, some recording from the panel uh, or the kind of the Q and A that took place afterwards. So let's jump into that. We know what she looks like when she's gurgling on her trachea, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Google it. Like, her only images. It's just like, what's new? It's trash. Yeah. 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 Anyone? So yesterday I, uh, I told you that I was really curious and anxious to see what, oh my God, I didn't think it would work, uh, was going to lead to. And uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you for not giving that away. That was awesome. <laughs> You're so welcome. It was actually inspired by a true story. A famous actor whose name just slipped my mind, but it was me. Fatty Arbuckle? Yeah, Fatty Arbuckle. 
uh, was actually, I, he was convicted and then returned, and then I wrote his career anyways, but he used a shanty bottle, but it really did work out a little less than and she was a Hollywood starlet, and uh, they got her drunk at a party, and Fatty liked a, a little bit of the, all, like, kind of barely legal stuff, and, oh. yeah, and she, she died as a result of the rape. Yeah. Hollywood, back in the day, hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> More questions? More questions. Yes, I admire you for putting your thoughts out there putting this out for everybody, but how do you deal with the negativity? Because I know you get negativity on this. You know what? Uh, usually, here's the thing. I, I think usually negativity comes from uh, somebody who's so miserable in their own life. So I don't know about you, but if you're normal and you don't like something, you don't, if you don't like it and you move on. The people that like sense about it, and there are those people, uh, there might actually be somebody in this room who's trying to pull that uh, my lawyer captioned a lovely thing where somebody said they were going to come and slap me, so I challenged them to try. <laughs> uh, I'll get mud. Right? Uh, but I usually think, like, if, if you're writing on your Facebook wall every day about how much you hate me on a horrible person, then I have to just pity you. Because I'm not that interested to talk about every day, trust me. I think we should send them a birthday card. <laughs> I'm going to actually, I want to make IHS get a camera t-shirt. <laughs>
was a peach to work with. I want to see him in everything. I want to see him in BBC Mysteries. I want to see him in horror. I want to see him in a period piece. Because that guy can fucking pull it off. He is an excellent actor at anything you throw at him. You know, like, everyone just knows him uh, from Keep It Centipede 2, where he's standing there glaring like a puppy cat the whole time. Like, But he's really got a lot of range and depth, and he's a wonderful person to be around. I don't judge him for drinking um, vanilla vodka. But, um, um, you know, Jill was an excellent person to work with. She was super patient, and, you know, that, for someone to see someone's first time doing that, um, and she had never done this before, it was really, it's, it's kind of like a big bang moment, because I'm like, she's going to do a lot of shit, and she's going to do a lot of good shit, and I'm here when she's doing her first thing. It's really cool. So, we pop the chair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Which is nice. why we were able to shoot on that. So if cool. you're a filmmaker, then I highly recommend their cameras because they shoot everything really, really pretty. And then we actually decided to make it a little bit prettier. So there's like a filter to kind of give it a little bit of a, an actual film quality. Um, so then we did that. And then uh, from there, when I did our shot listing with the DP, we really tried to focus on what would tell the story the best. But when we got our coverage, we tried to edit it in a way that made the story really pop and like keep the pace up, which meant that there were times that we had to like not necessarily show all of the gore. Because the reality of the matter is sometimes your mind creates a better visual than what all of it could do. When we actually tested it, like we had all we tested, but they were really bad. We did close-ups of them, but it just sort of got almost like too much. You know, and it would kind of like run the gamut of uh, where it would take people out of it. It would be like their mind would go, is that really what those look like or not? Or like, I'm going to show you the photos. Because <laughs> by the way, don't Google that. It gets real dark. Yeah, it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, when you're a kid and your parents give you that open-ended thread, it's like, you go to bed or you will not like what happens next. And it's like, maybe like, they're going to ground you. But in your mind, you're like, they're going to send a werewolf to devour me. They're going to sell all my fucking toys on eBay and make me sleep in a box that, like, the, the imagination is like, I want to her parents. <laughs> Dude, playing piano in the basement practicing, I always expected they were just going to lock the door and either move to Florida or burn the house down while I was in the basement practicing. certain scenes or, or moments in here where you thought, wow, that's actually a pretty good idea. Let's use it. Yeah, there was a lot. Here's the thing. Filmmaking is a team collaboration. So it's no like one person that makes or breaks anything, in my opinion. Ryan did a lot with the character. Um, a lot of it really, really worked. And then one thing that nearly drove our team crazy was he was like constantly like going up and down. So he had like <laughs> that was like he was like he had this like weird quirk about his character that we're all like really into and so we'd be like our team would be like Shocks me, you know. 
film that I really enjoy that are known to shock others, you know, are all classics. Serbian film, I really loved. Although, I don't know about you, but I was so disappointed because I was like, that's not really fucking a movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it didn't line up. No, I was like, you could they you should be moving, there could be a close up on that. Yeah, um, and, like, it's in the rainbow space. You're gonna do yeah, it. Do it. it. Oh, like, almost like 
cops found her. Uh, they came to obviously the house, but there was like a really, if you're like me, you're twisted. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> not so much. Because there was just like great where they're like, what do we do? Because she was like sitting in the corner with her intestines on the outside, like shivering and shaking and freaking out. Uh, and they're like, what do we do with her? You know, what do we, how do we handle the situation? We don't know. Um, so we we're trying to see about how we can do that that's not repetitive for the sequel. Because I feel like something akin to that should be with it. More questions? Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. How long did it take to go both those notes or Well, Commodore was shot tonight. Like, basically, we started at 6 and wrapped at pretty much 6. Yeah, yeah, that was still happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's from, like, like, right from the start, like, setting up the house to when she finally said that's a wrap, so that's pretty awesome. What about there? Oh, that was, we shot nine days over 11, so we had, like, one day break and then one travel day. Um, and then we were shooting 12 to 16 hours a day, and because I'm, you know, Twisted like that, I would never want to stay in the house when we were filming. So we had like 17 people there, and three bathrooms, two bathrooms house. There's nothing like camping out. Yeah, right? In the middle of the desert, it's better. Like, you can't leave. There's nowhere for you to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's something else you gotta do right now. Like, there's nothing. We shot at most of the salsa seeds for the talk shows because we did in LA. And the salsa seeds, there's literally nothing else to do. So, if they had to stay at the house, like, you're 45 minutes away from, you know, a grocery store. So there's, there's like a, a little taco joint that like closes at seven. <laughs> and then there's like a really frightening bar that nobody but like the, the guy. Did Ryan go? Well, you know, they, they didn't. They tried to find a strip club on the day off. Shot <laughs> They got horribly lost. They couldn't find it. They came back all the <laughs> So then somebody had to take their clothes off because, you know, it's like, hey, we'll just, hey, guy, you didn't find the strip club. We'll, we'll, we'll go some drinks and we'll get sexy for you. been like an increase of uh, female directors in the horror genre. I mean, yourself and the Saskas behind yeah. me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, do you see that to be something that will continue to increase? And uh, what do you say to like critics that kind of say it's it's you know only men can direct horror films? Who said that? <laughs> I don't think anyone intelligent has ever uttered those words. Um, I do think that there's like some who definitely um, I think the reason why you're seeing it is we're not getting what we want, in the, especially in the horror genre, but in all films, we need more women directors. And I think the fact that the lovely ladies behind you are you know, so successful and kind of paving the way for the rest of us 
to sort of like set the record straight that we can do anything and everything that you guys do, and arguably better or at least in a very different way than you, um, I think it's only going to make it easier for the women that are following up to go after their dreams. But the reality of the matter is women and for such a small percentage of all crew positions, so we really need to get that increased. If you, I, I really think it's tied to the fact that so many of them, myself included, want to be an actor. They're like, no, it's easy, and it's honestly so much easier to be an actor. If you're wondering, <laughs> you can still have any film set, be an actor. Have a nap. So much <laughs> There's no napping if you're directing. No, you don't sleep yeah. until it's done. No. And even then, you don't sleep. You're no. like, no, no, I need to get it into this festival. I need to submit it to this. I need to. You're lucky if you, like, eat. Or shower. I don't know how, like, if you look at the twins, they, they show you these gorgeous photos of them on set. They're in, like, heels, and they're beautiful. I'm like, how the? <laughs> I'm like, I'm on camera, and I have to be like, I have to shower. <laughs> I want to be clean. I just want to be filthy. Cause, and they're, like, knocking on the door, yelling through the door questions. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so, you know, every time we pop up and we do something that's really original fresh, I think it increases the chance of another yeah, I can do that. And here's the thing, we're no longer stuck waiting waiting around for somebody else to do it, especially not a man. Ironically, the approach, I don't want a director to be there. I have no desire to direct. I knew it's the hardest job in the world. <laughs> and uh, fuck that. The, the no sleep <laughs> crying the shower job. Like. No, right? No, fuck that. No, I wanted to be an actor. Um, and we approached uh, six directors, uh, all of them men, and Three of them came back and couldn't handle material, and so they do if they tone it down. Pussies. <laughs> and then three came back and said that they had to push timing, which we couldn't do and keep the past the same. So that's the only reason why I originally did it. But I'm really glad that I did. Because I do think that there's a message that needs to be sent, and it's simply that the world is changing. It is a boys' club now. We are going to try really hard to change that. And again, too, like, we have a new voice. You know, and I, I love the fact that everybody's like shocked a woman directed it. I'm like, come on, have you ever been to a horror film? Women kick or a horror convention? Women kick ass. We're like, just as twisted. Do you know how fucked up we are? Do you know the shit that goes through my head on a daily basis? Like, even right now? Like, and I'm suspecting that most women, in fact, like 95% of them, either are thinking the exact same things, and if they're not, they're fucking liars. Trust me. It's like that time when you're like, wow, that's a lot of blood in my panties. <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> Love it. If you hate it, if you're like ambivalent, but you've heard someone else say something. 
smart. So as I mentioned before, we're you know we're recording this before I actually put the whole episode together. So I don't recall exactly if there were many spoilers in that. Thinking the same thing, but I don't think there were. I mean, nothing too revealing, anyway. Yeah. Um. It's it's a kind of weird the the thing I do things I do remember that seem like they could have been spoilers seem like the people are still kind of speaking in code a little bit um, yeah but anyway um, so now I I guess kind of the grand finale of the show is going to be our review of the movie Truth or Dare uh, from 2014 2014 writer director Jessica Cameron her directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Truth or dare? You always ready? Live. We're alive. Who's alive? No, we're alive. Lucky to be alive. After that, it's crazy. The Truth or Daredevil's record-breaking video has hit tonight, and the gore effects are quite exquisite. <laughs> You get to choose between two through there. <laughs> One. Whoa, whoa, wait. Are, are you firing on three or right after? Two. Are you guys ready to play? Thank <laughs> you. Truth or Dare is the story about a group of friends, um, six, yeah, six of them, right? Um, let me yeah, think. three couples. Yep. All right. Um, they call themselves the Truth or Daredevils, and they're these internet video sensations, mm-hmm. basically, and they do these dares. And Very realistic looking dares. Right, realistic looking. Yeah. But still fake. Mm hmm. And then this guy, Derek, who is like their number one fan. Number one psycho. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> beyond normal. He, uh, he crashes the recording of their newest video and he, he makes it all too real. Yeah. He brings the realism to a whole other level. Yeah, and he insists upon being. Part of the the yeah, truth or daredevils. Himself the newest truth or daredevil. Yeah, whether they want him to or not. Right. So and so he he leads this this game of truth or dare, and uh, with extreme rules. Yeah. <laughs> he he knows 
things about the or the truth or daredevils that no one should know and we we learned some very very interesting things about these people yeah and uh to say the least if if they pick dare then his dares are pretty extreme right um just you know i don't want to give away too much but like a couple examples he dares one guy to eat glass mm -hmm. um he dares this girl to shoot a cup off another one of theirs head (laughs) like with a revolver yeah um so yeah just some some really extreme stuff Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh this movie oh were you done i was just gonna say as you heard in the q a jessica cameron revealed that there's going to be not just one but two sequels right this is going to be a trilogy yeah so that should be pretty interesting i mean it it definitely not to not to spoil anything but it it kind of left it open for a, a sequel yeah so um yeah um so i guess we'll just jump into like uh, some of the dares. I mean, after you see like one or two of them, you start wondering why they would pick dare. Yeah, I, I mean, that too. the thing, the one thing that really crossed my mind was the guy Ray, who, um, you find out his big secret before it's his turn. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to give it away, but you, you find out somebody else reveals his secret, and then it gets to his turn, and he picks dare. Yeah, my thought was, what kind of fucked up shit is he hiding? That's worse than what was already revealed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, naturally, it's just like a real life game of truth or dare. If everybody picks truth, the game gets real boring real fast. Yeah. So naturally, just to progress the film and keep people interested, they got to have some dares in there. But I think in a real life scenario, nobody's gonna pick dare. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would rather say that I. I don't know. Fuck. (laughs) If I had done, like, the most fucked up thing possible, I would rather admit that than eat glass. (laughs) Yeah. And if they lied, then he would stab them or punish them somehow. Right. Because he knew all their secrets. Yeah. And he wasn't... As much as he wanted to be part of this team... He excluded himself a lot. Yeah. There was one occasion... He was more of a host. That's like... Yeah. There was one occasion where he... Um, like... He, he got all excited and said, Somebody dare me to do something. And uh, they did. And... I don't know. It seemed like a pretty substantial dare, but it didn't seem to affect him. Yeah, he did it with th- no hesitation. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, as far as... Uh, the the consequences of said dare. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that one through. Yeah, I don't um, know if it was just that he wanted to be included so bad that he would just do anything. Or yeah, well, I mean this this Derek, he was very clearly psychotic. Well, yeah, and uh, just delusional too. Uh, I mean that was especially um, shown in 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 the the end of the movie how delusional he was. Yeah. Um, the the actor that portrayed him I don't, I don't know his name but he he played crazy very well yeah definitely he, he would go from these moments of like extreme joy to just horrible anger mm-hmm. 
Yeah, just think about the the bipolar person from hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, and uh, I, I guess I don't know if we mentioned that Jessica Cameron actually starred in this movie too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. And there were there were points where it almost it almost called her character into question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had the same feeling. Yeah. Um it, it it almost seemed like they were working together. Yeah. Um I caught that too. Yeah, I won't re- won't reveal whether or not that's true. Um but you did kind of whether or not that was intentional uh to kind of lead towards that I I couldn't say, but it was uh, it was definitely there and something that I get yeah, both of us picked up on. Um so that was uh, an interesting part of it, um, yeah, and I don't know how one group of people could have so many fucked up things. Yeah, really. Like so many skeletons in their closet. I mean, these were bad things too. Yeah. Um, it's like how do these people find each other? <laughs> Especially like not knowing, it's like they found each other in a support group or something. Yeah. Like, but I mean, I guess anybody that would start uh, basically a, a, a troop, <laughs> or um, you know, like a like the, to start this group, the, the, the Truth or Daredevils. I mean, they got to have something wrong in their heads to begin with. True. Um. So I wonder, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go okay. Ahead. One thing I wanted to ask you, as a makeup aficionado, obviously this is a low budget movie, but how did what did you think of the of the effects? Um, considering that, it, like you said, it was um, uh, low budget and uh, very independent, I was pretty impressed. Um, I mean, they they don't. There's no way they had anywhere near like Hollywood Hollywood style. Excuse me, style budgets to work with. Um, and so their ability and, you know, kudos to their makeup artist. I don't know exactly who it was, but um, for doing such good work with what I imagine was such a limited budget, uh, it was very impressive. Um, and no CGI. No CGI. That was, that was I mean, there, I felt like there may have been some CGI blood spatters. I'm not sure. I, I mean, they were so quick. I didn't pick up any on at the time, but right. this is not the right movie. Sorry, I'm trying to look up the uh, the IMDb, and it gave me a different movie. Oh. Um, anyway. Um, but yeah, the, the the gore in general, I mean, uh, makeup aside, but like the effects and the, and the gore were awesome. <laughs> and some of the things that were, were done to these people was pretty crude yeah like you heard in the Q&A just came we're talking about how they google image searched for you know kidneys and different body parts to see what they actually looked like so they could try and be as true to life as they could yeah um Carrie Mercado is the name of the makeup artist on it mm, okay um yeah I think this if, if this film revealed anything to us is that Jessica Cameron's kind of a sick chick She's a little fucked up yeah <laughs> But I love it. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Um, and uh, as you heard in the panel, uh, if you couldn't tell, that was me asking the question about uh, females in horror, you know, directing. And it's like... With your dad sitting right next to you. Yeah. 
<laughs> when I when I asked the question and you know she started answering, I kind of you know, flicked him in the side. <laughs> but it's funny because I had the Saska sitting right behind me, and so I was trying to be as discreet as possible. And I'm, you know, I was leaned over, whispered my dad. I'm like, the director and other directors are sitting right behind us, so don't say anything <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, but I, 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 he'll never admit that he was actually impressed, but I, I know that he was. Um, and I, 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 if I hadn't have told him it was a uh, female director, I don't think he ever would have known. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for for a um, a freshman director, she did a great job. There was, um, I mean, just the overall direction of the film was very very good. It was very focused. Yeah. Um, and the thing about this movie to me is it's like gorehounds will love it. Mm-hmm. It's got plenty of blood and guts, and it's fucked up. <laughs> um, but it's also very visceral. Yeah. In that you start to think, you know, if you were in this situation, how would you respond to these things? Totally. You know, like, would you do truth or dare? And then if you, this was your dare, would you go through with it? Could you go through with it? You yeah. Know, if it's a life or death situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it, it did a very good job of covering both those bases, I thought. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and just like kind of how far you're willing to go, you know? Yeah. Um, this is one of those movies, it's, it's difficult to talk about it without revealing yeah. things, you know? It's kind of, but it, like basically the, the dares put you in a life or death situation, but the alternative is definitely death. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you, I think he, this the Derek guy, he, he'd put these people in situations where if they did a dare, it was something that could very likely kill them. Right. I mean, like... The, 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 like eating glass. Yeah. The odds were not in their favor whatsoever. People are like shooting a plastic cup off of somebody's head. Yeah. You know, kind of a William Tell thing. Um, you know, first with a revolver and then with a shotgun. <laughs> and that was fucked up, too, is like the fact that the guy that was being forced to put the cup on his head, he had to go through three rounds of people <laughs> shooting the cup off his head. Um, that poor fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but if you were to take a, take a truth and didn't answer honestly, then he wouldn't really kill you. He would punish you. Yeah. You, the, the punishment was extreme and severe. But if you decided not to play, then you, you were done. Yeah. He'd say like, you, you weren't playing ever again. He'd threaten other people and say, you know, how would you like so-and-so to sit out for the rest of the game? And I mean, you basically knew what that meant. Right. Mostly by the gun he was pointing at the person's head. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good indicator. And um, Derek, I mean, you can only expect so much from a psycho, but he was not very good at... Uh, he was kind of a spoiled sport in the in the way that he would be changing the rules. Yeah. Like, he'd suddenly decide it was a lightning round, so everybody had to pick a dare. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, I mean, every movie's got them. So, what? What do you think the downsides were? Uh, it it did seem a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, like they went through everybody did a truth or dare, and then they kind of he was just like, all right, who's next? And it was just like, it's okay, now it's round two, I guess. Like, how long does it go for? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a little repetitive, a little 
slow at points, but at the same time, like, the dares kept getting amped up. Yeah. So it was always kind of like, where do they go from here? Like, this is so fucked up. Where does they go from here? Oh, that's so fucked up. How, what, how do they top that? You know? Yeah. There was definitely, like, this escalation. Um, other than that, I don't know. Like, some of the actors weren't great. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody was just like, oh, my God, this guy is dreadful. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's kind of to be expected for an independent movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tend not to gripe people about it unless they're really bad. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, other than that, I'm not sure. Yeah. Did you have something? Um, I don't know. I'm not, to- I'm not totally sold on the movies that take place in one location. Yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah, I mean, I felt like they made effect. Or, you know, the <laughs> film made pretty effective use of the fact that they were always. I think it was a garage that they were in. Um, yeah, you know the, this this house they were in. It was kind of conveniently located in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah. there wasn't a house anywhere near it, or like another house anywhere near it. That's what they said. Although at the end, when it, when he walks out of the house, you do see other houses across the street. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that at the time. Well, still. Um, but, I mean, they could be, like, abandoned, empty houses that are still for sale. Or... Yeah, that's, that's um, oh, geez, what was the character's name? He was kind of, like, almost like the head of the... John? I think it was John. John? I think so. That's, that sounds right. Um, They were talking to him about having bought this house... And he's like, it's, you know, it's a down market. I bought this for dirt cheap. And the fact that it was out in the middle of nowhere is probably a, a, a lot to yeah, do with John. it. And, and, yeah, okay. Um, and it very well could have been, like, an abandoned um, neighborhood, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was like... Yeah, John's just basically like, well, I'm a homeowner at 27, so fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, I can give him credit. Yeah. Um, you know, smart inv- uh, investor, I guess. Well, time would tell on that one. Sure. Uh, anyway. <sighs> what else? What else? What else? Um, I'm sure you heard in the Q&A <laughs> the talk about the bottle scene. Oh, yeah. That was... That one wasn't so bad, but it was the scene after that that really got me. Oh, God. <laughs> that was rough. I mean, that that was the point where I thought something is seriously wrong with Jessica Cameron. <laughs> like, before the... Um, before the movie started, she said, you know, if, if you feel like you want to walk out, I might stop you and ask you why and try and get record your. And yeah. If there was any part where I was going to walk out, that would have been it. <laughs> yeah. And they said that they handed out uh, vomit bags at screenings before. Mm-hmm. And that part made me understand why. Yeah. I got I got a little bit of going in the bottom of my throat. You know, it, it took me a second, like when it happened, to actually understand what had happened but once i did i was like oh oh <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it was fucked up I and mean, like a lot of really 
messed up imagery in this and uh kind of I, I hate this term but really no holds barred <laughs> yeah um yeah this this movie in particular and you know from the looks of it jessica cameron as a person are, is just fucked up and twisted and beautiful yeah and just <laughs> the ultimate woman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I'm, I mean, seeing this movie, it it, it really kind of makes me excited to, to like actually talk to her, her about the movie. Yeah, and uh, and kind of find out what you know, pick her brain a little bit. And... She's like, "Where the fuck did you come up with this? <laughs> what the hell happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> Tell me his name." <laughs> anyway, so. Um... I don't know. I kind of feel like this is a short review, but I mean, do you have anything else to add? I mean, we got to do numbers still. Well, yeah. Um, no. Yeah, I mean, I think we covered it pretty well. I mean, without... like you said, we don't want to give away too much, so yeah. Um, you, you can't really go into too much detail. I will say, I think if you're a fan, like, I don't want to compare it to these movies, but if you're a fan of the Saw franchise, yeah, I think you will like Truth or Dare because it's that same kind of mindset i guess Mm -hmm. like i was saying where you're put in these situations where it's you're put in a life or death situation where the alternative is death yeah definitely um it's like life or death or death right (laughs) (laughs) um and i i really hate this term because it's such a just a blanket um or you know it's like an umbrella term that's just way overused but falls into like the torture porn category a little bit i think a little bit yeah um, so if you're into that stuff, which the the gore appeals to me, mm-hmm. um, as far as like hostile and um, you know the Saw movies, not so much the the movie itself because especially the later Saw movies oh, the, yeah, they yeah. have a paper thin plot. Um, but anyway, if you're really into those kinds of things, then this is something that will definitely appeal to you. So for sure, and um, like you said, they're still doing the festival circuit right now. Mm -hmm. I know you can pre-order the DVD at their website, which I believe is truth or dare movie.com. Um, uh, I I think you're right. Yeah. But I mean, if that doesn't come up, then just, just Google truth or dare movie or truth or dare Jessica Cameron or something. I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Yeah. Some light Googling. Google Google yourself. Google Jessica Cameron. JFGY. (laughs) JFGI. No, not just fucking Google yourself. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what do we think on numbers? Um, well, like I said, I think it did a very good job of covering the gamut of both the extreme gore and the um, psychological kind of horror. Uh, at the same time, I did think it was a little repetitive overall i am gonna give it a six and a half all right um well i think i'm kind of uh on board with you most most of the with most most of your thoughts um i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the gore factor because i mean that's that's something that can get me interested in almost any movie like even if i know i'm not gonna like it like i i wonder what 
kind of shit Jessica Cameron could come up with if she had a, a major budget. Oh God, I, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I, I I don't want to say I hate to think because I I genuinely wonder, but people that are sensitive to that stuff may hate to think. <laughs> the, the only thing is, I can't see her making a major film. Because anybody that's going to give her that much money is not going to let her do the kind of shit she wants oh, to do, no most way. likely. That would have to be like completely like crowdsourced or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, I, overall, I was very impressed with this movie and um, liked it a lot. And um, is I think the, the probably the, the only things that were really downsides for me were... Um, like I said, being in one location almost the entire movie, mm-hmm. which, as I mentioned before, that's just that's not a premise that I'm really entirely sold on. I mean, I know a lot of movies have been doing it lately, um, and you know, over the years as well. But it's just not something that I'm fully sold on yet. Um, and also, I was a little, eh, I was a little critical of the, the camera work at times. Um, which very well could have been from working in such a confined space, um, which is completely understandable, but it did seem a little hard to watch sometimes because, um, there was a lot of movement, um, and a lot of, a lot of tracking shots and, uh, bouncing back from foreground to, to background and, you know, vice versa. So, um. Those are really the only down points I, I can really think of. Everything else I enjoyed a lot. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out, um, Cameron does this interesting thing where it'll stay on one character and it'll even like have a dialogue that runs through, but it'll be different. There'll be sh- short little cuts. Yeah, you have to be like... Like at one point, like Derek's talking and like it's one camera's on him and then all of a sudden it's like another camera, but it's still on Derek. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, like when it first did it, it almost seemed like it was a mistake. Mm. But then it happened a couple more times, and I realized it was a, a style that she was going for. Right, right. So that that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but like I said, those those two things those are really the only ones that kind of um, I thought not necessarily negative, just kind of took it away took away from for me a, a little bit. Other than that, I really enjoyed the film. Um, I think it was um, a pretty original idea. <clears throat> And um, uh, uh, obviously the gore factor was a big selling point for me. So uh, I think overall I'm probably going to rate it around uh, a 7. All right. So that's going to do it for us in our Crypticon episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I'm uh, already looking forward to next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I really hope that we're going to be coming back bigger and badder next year so. Uh, have a little, have a little, maybe a little more confidence in ourselves. Um, but uh, anyway, so l- like we mentioned earlier, we made a lot of good contacts. So look forward to some of those interviews uh, that we're going to be setting up uh, down down the line. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, hope, I mean, we're going to try and get to a point where we're setting up an, at least an interview every episode. That would be ideal. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, we. As we say almost every episode, look look forward to bigger and better things here on the Grave Plot Podcast. Um, and with that, I think that's gonna gonna do it for us. So um, make sure to go to graveplotpodcast.com and uh, fulfill all your Grave Plot Podcast needs. Follow us on the social networks. Subscribe to the show. 
leave us some reviews, please. We uh, we would like to get some feedback. Let let us know what you guys think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're tired of waiting. <laughs> um, and uh, check us out on Twitter. Did you mention that? I just said various social networks. Yeah, all the links are on the website. Yeah, we're all there. Greatplotpodcast.com. Yeah, you could basically just go to Google, type in Grave Plot Podcast, and, like, all of our pages will come up. Yeah. So, anyway, um, aside from that, uh, that's going to do it. So, um, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.